Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Sons, Tim Andrews. And we'll get into that because he left us to go to a festival. You know the band Fish. It's a fish festival in Watkins Glen, New York. And I warned him, there's a lot of flooding up there. You're driving into a lot of flooding. Well, it turns out they canceled the festival. But Tim Andrews is not here. He's up there and there's a water, boil your water alert going on. So I hope he's boiling his water. I think we should all boil our water. It's an important way to live your life. However... Queen of the Invisible Box is here. Oh, and the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto. Ah, I should say shameful Jared Yamamoto. I got thrown there a second because I guess they're still trying to hook up with Autumn Fisher. You know, she's very difficult to get a hold of. Oh, yeah. Very busy lady. Oh, my gosh. I mean, you should see all the people reaching out just to talk to Autumn Fisher nowadays. All the competitors want her. It's it's insane. I mean, uh, my voicemail, I think I had 18 voicemails just yesterday alone (laughs) to people trying to get a hold of Autumn Fisher. I thought you'd tell me what day this is on Twitter or something. Oh, it's hashtag flashback flashback Friday now. Now, what is the hell is the difference between flashback Friday and throwback Friday? Thursday. How many memories do you people have? Dude, I got an idea. How about tomorrow? Is there tomorrow Tuesday or something like that where people can actually look ahead? We have too much nostalgia. People are looking back too much. And I say this as someone who suffers from this from time to time. Let me tell you something about nostalgia. It feels like it's going to be a good time, but you always end up feeling sad because I'm going to break it down for you. You're never going to be able to go back to those days and have those times again and be that person. So there's way <laughs> too much. Oh, well, I just I just showed you a picture of me when I was seven years old on Throwback Thursday, on Flashback Friday. How about Spring Break 1983? Ah, Look, you're not going yeah, to be able to go back. <laughs> All right? You've had seven kids. Your husband cheated on you. Life is what it is. Look forward to tomorrow, not the past. Well, it is also Black Cat Appreciation Day. If that I makes don't even you know what that means. You appreciate a black cat. Well, would you... and how do I do this? Do I do I go buy a Hallmark card and give it to a black cat? Yes, I think that would be a kind gesture. Got all kinds of things I could say that used to not be controversial. But I can't say them now. That's okay. I appreciate all the black cats out there. All of them. And uh, I'm glad it's Black Cat Appreciation Day. Uh, Let's do this. Headlines for Friday, August 17th. I I, I guess the idea being that a lot of people think that black cats bring bad luck. Correct. But you see, those people would be wrong. No cats bring bad luck. There's no, there's nothing that brings bad luck. There's no such thing. Uh, I've always wanted to do this. I've always wanted to. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll set this up. I, I am such a believer in reason. I guess you could say that I would like to set it up to where I uh, uh, first a black cat walks across my path, 
Then I walk under a ladder, and then I smash a mirror. You also have to open an umbrella and inside. And an umbrella, all the things. I'll do it all. And I, and I will tell you this. I am so married to reason that if I did that, if I let a black cat walk across my path, go under the ladder, smash the mirror, and open an umbrella indoors... And if the next day I was diagnosed with cancer, I would still refuse to blame it on that experiment. But you would have a hashtag flashback Friday then. Because I, you could go back to that event. You would know what uh, had happened. Yeah, no. You I would, would know, know where the cancer started. Oh, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> it's just weird to me that people, they spend all day long now taking selfies, documenting every mundane thing that I don't care about. And then when they're not doing that, they're, they're, they're going to put up their selfie from two months ago on Flashback Friday. How about Look Forward Friday? Forward Friday. That's what I'm Ooh, trying to I like it. Forward I'm writing that down. Friday. Yes, I'm writing that one down. I used to say to people, I'm nostalgic for the future. That's what I'm nostalgic <laughs> for, the future. And you know, before we get to the headlines, I don't know why this is in my head, because I saw something on TV. I thought this was dying out, and I just got to get it off. Well, this is kind of wordplay. Get it off my chest. You know what annoys the hell out of me? What? Anybody who does that thing where you put your hands together and it looks like a heart. What's wrong with that? It's a complete empty gesture. DJs it, do it all the time when they're talking to their wait, crowd. They're oh, like, oh, we love you, Atlanta. Oh, EDM? Yeah. Of course. Well, not even EDM. Just, just hip-hop artists do it, too. Oh, it's a crowd full of idiot millennials. Of course. <laughs> oh, an empty gesture. Oh. Yeah, I love that. All, all of these people, they, they put their two hands together and they make that heart thing. Oh, love, love. Meanwhile, you look out into the, the country and everybody's just screaming at each other. It's just an empty gesture. Nobody is actually trying to show love. Give me a headline. I had to get that off my chest. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Hunt has a new one, and he's got he's using uh, the middle digits on each hand, and they come together in such a way that uh, it does not spell love. <laughs> but I like that more than the goofy. I'm going to send him the heart right now. There you go, Alan. Come on. Uh, that is a dumb. Only dummies. Only dummies. <laughs> Alan's running away. <laughs> Only dummies. Only dummies respond to that heart thing with the hands like, oh, isn't... I mean, if you've ever responded positively to seeing that gesture, you need more education. Now, give me a headline. Uh, Major League Baseball Is has... that a way to start a show or what? I like it. I mean, who else is talking about that? You know that? how I felt coming in here today? This how, how is how I feel? feel. I felt like, I don't know if people deserve yet another great show from the Von Hessler Doctrine, but from uh, the bottom of, uh, I guess, just the kindness, kindness of my heart, I've decided to, to deliver yet another great show. <laughs> this one is on me, people. This one is, consider it my charity work. I've decided to give you a fifth great radio show this week. You are so generous. I am. I am. I am. I care about others. I want others to have a good time. Now go ahead. All right. Major League Baseball has suspended Marlins pitcher Jose Urena for six games. Jose Urine, we call him around Yeah, Jose Urine for uh, six games for intentionally hitting Braves rookie phenom Ronald Acuna Jr. Okay, now here's the problem with this. Uh, six games doesn't mean the same thing for a pitcher as it means for a first baseman. No, not at all. So he's going to actually, in that, I think he misses one start. That's right. So that doesn't seem like enough to me. Most of the open micers that uh, got in touch with us today did not believe it was enough either. I know we're the home team, but so what? The guy has to miss one start? And you know what their plan is? They're going to appeal it, and you can play during the appeal, 
And so they know they're going to lose the appeal, but by the time they lose the appeal will be when the Braves go down to Miami and then they'll be able to hold him out during that stand. Very clever, these people. Now, Jose... Not clever enough to actually do well in baseball, these Marlins, but very clever with their strategies. Now, Jose Urin, as we call him here, uh, he did go on Instagram and say that he did not intentionally try to hit Acuna Jr. And so he kind of, it was kind of a halfway apology. I mean, are you buying hey, it, Eric? look, I'm a talk show host. I'm already on the record of what I feel. The facts be damned. I can't get inside of his head and know if, he, if that was... But I find it difficult to believe that the very first pitch that he threw... He lost control of it. And it just happened to be the fastest pitch he's ever thrown to start a game at 97 miles now, per he hour. Does, he, I mean, there's some sense to it. The idea of Acuna was leading off every game with a home run, so maybe you try to push him off the plate a little bit, rattle him a little bit with that first pitch, and it goes too far in. But it I, it, it, it went too... You know, he hit him right in the arm. So I, I don't believe that... There was uh, no was way that Acuna could have gotten out of the way of that pitch. Yeah. And I think that's how you know that it was intentional at that point. You have an open micer? Our listeners are not happy about it. No, they are not. No. I don't think it was anywhere near enough punishment. That kind of pitch could have ended his career. I think it should have been something that would have equaled out to, in a regular rotation, five or six starts. But there are a lot of people who think that we're overreacting. That, uh, you know, they're men, they can take it, he's all right. And uh, it's just baseball. And that may be true. But I've got a microphone in front of me, and I'm paid to overreact, so I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> Next story. Uh, the Pentagon said that it will postpone President Trump's military parade until sometime in 2019. I got an idea. Let's postpone it into never. Is there a date out there called never? I'm looking it up now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this whole idea of a, of a military, a federal military. Look, we have parades all over the country where we have our veterans in the parade and we salute our veterans, and that's the way that it should be. Uh, you, you can't have enough parades to salute veterans, current and past, living and dead. No problem with that whatsoever. But, the, but Mattis disagrees with this idea that it's going to cost $92 million, right? Yeah, so, so he said he's from Washington, and he's like, I don't know where those numbers came from. Well, they before said was- you play that, let me just say this. I don't care. Like The original estimate was $12 million, then it went to $30 million. Now somebody's rattling off ninety-two. I don't care if it's just the original estimate, $12 million, which it would never be. It's a bad idea, but go ahead and play Mattis. Whoever told you that is probably uh, smoking something that's legal in my state, but not in most states. <laughs> Anybody who said that, I almost guarantee you one thing. They priced it. I need to stay anonymous. No kidding, because you'll look like an idiot. Uh, and number two, whoever wrote it needs to get better sources. Let's say it's 15 or 20 million. No one's been clamoring for this parade. Have you noticed that? It's not like for years and years and years there's been a group of Americans saying, we need a federal military parade. The president went to France. He was there during Bastille Day. He saw their military parade. He said, hey, that was wonderful. We ought to do that. That's it. That's where this is coming from. I don't believe the President of the United States, on a whim, should be able to go grab 30, 40, 50 million dollars, whatever it is, even if it's only 12 million dollars. If it's one million dollars, I don't think the President of the United States, just because he saw something that he thought looked cool, I've decided on a whim, give me the millions I need to uh, do this parade. Now, other countries have parades like this, but they need them and we don't. Nobody doubts the military might of the United States of America. We're not 
some emerging nation trying to intimidate our neighbors and let the West know that we... That's why you see these parades in Iran and the missiles on the trucks and going down. It's, they're, try, they're doing a couple things. They're saying to their immediate neighbors... That's a intimidating. Yeah, don't mess with us. Don't mess with us. This is what we have. And then they're telling the rest of the world, they're saying to the West, when you, when you see an Iranian parade, they're saying to the West, yeah, you're going to win. You know you're going to win, but look at this. It's not going to be easy. So you, you probably don't want to mess with us. Military parades are held by countries that, that feel as if their military might is questioned. No one questions the military might of the United States of America, and we don't need to waste our taxpayer money on a military parade that Trump just dreamt up one night. Eric Von Hessler begins every day at 9 on WSB. Available anytime on the WSB radio app. Hit listen on demand or the Von Hessler Doctrine on the app. All right, sir, another another story, please. All right, the famous Colorado baker who refused... Jack Phillips. Yeah, he's the guy that refused to bake a cake for a same-sex wedding. He's back in court again after turning away a transgender woman. And, oh, uh, yeah, she wanted to... Uh, she transitioned from a man to a woman. I think her new name is... Is it Autumn, actually? I believe it's Autumn. Uh, I think she transitioned to Autumn. So... Uh, she wanted. She went in there, and she wants him to bake a cake, celebrating the seventh year of the transition. And I think it's blue on the outside and pink on the inside, or something like that. Yes, or, uh, <laughs> And you know, at this point, I mean, the Supreme Court really didn't deal with the issue of whether or not you can turn away someone based on your religious morality. It was a seven-two decision that had more to do at the time with how the state of Colorado handled it and basically said the state of Colorado didn't give the guy a fair shake. They didn't really rule on the issue. But this, now, I don't care what you think about that, which side you fall on, it's obvious now this guy's being targeted. And I thought people on the left didn't like it when people were targeted. There's an awful lot of bakers. I'm supposed to believe that this transgendered person just happened to walk into this big... What? Yeah, Supreme her name Court? Is, you're right. Her name is Autumn uh, Scardina. What? I didn't know the Supreme... Oh, I had no idea. I just happened to saunter into... By the way, I used to walk. Now I saunter. I just happened to saunter into this uh, baker. Wow, I heard nothing about this Supreme Court thing. So what I say is, no matter where you stand on the issue... Let's just be upfront about the fact that the forces in that state that want to change the law are targeting this one individual. And now he can really make the case. I'm being targeted because of my belief system. I mean, this is a hard case anyway. Anytime you have where, where legitimate rights meet up with legitimate rights, you've got a tough case on your hands. Uh, we believe that people have the right to re their religion in this country, and we believe they have a right to live by that religion in this country. And we also believe that everyone has the right to be served in this country. This is a hard case, and we haven't solved that one yet. But it's pretty obvious to me now that this guy is being targeted because of his belief system. And I can't be behind that. My understanding from my producer, shameful Jared Yamamoto, that we have an open mic. Before we do the open mic, perhaps we should tell our listeners how they can engage 
with the show. Oh, yeah. You just download the WSB radio app. And yeah. once you're in the WSB radio app, not only can you listen to WSB, which is the number one priority, yeah. you can uh, contact the show because we don't take calls on the show. So we, right. uh, we have the open mic feature, which you can leave 30 to 35 seconds of an audio message. And we love listening to you, you guys. You know why I don't take show, uh, calls on the show? Why not? Meanness. <laughs> one word. That's it. Explains everything. But you can get in touch with us through the open mic. Here's one for you. Dude, this baseball thing is so whack. Who really cares? They're professional players. They can get hit. They get hit all the time. Dude, it doesn't matter. The guy shouldn't be in trouble for that. He threw a bad ball. I'd like to see you throw 100 balls in a good way. You guys are whacked out. Eric Von Hessler, get it right, bro. Dude. <laughs> bro. I can't throw baseballs like that. That's why I'm not paid. I'm not a professional. Dude. Get it right, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do this. He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. New York. New York. It's Greg I Russ with stories from with Studio B1. Well, happy Friday, Gregory. How are you feeling today? What is up, bro? Ah, <laughs> yeah. Dude. Feeling all right, bro. All right, dude. I hope you get it right, bro. You got some stories from Studio B1, bro? I've, I've always got stories. I travel with stories. I know you do. You, you traffic in stories. I do. Yes, the dark market, the black market of stories. That's right. What do you got? Uh, well, you fancy yourself a smart person, right? I fancy myself an intelligent fellow. Yes, I do. Well... There's a three-year-old out there who's uh, smarter than you. No. She's got an IQ of 171. <laughs> There's a three-year-old with an IQ of 171. She I, started I, speaking a bit earlier than other children. Her parents looked into it. By the age of two, she could recite the alphabet. They took her to a psychologist. They gave her a test, the Stanford-Binet test, which is for young kids to test their IQ. 171. Now, hold What's on. What's yours? You've never tested, have I, you? No, I refuse. To, I don't want to be embarrassed by an IQ test <laughs> because I'm a very... I don't think that I'd be very good on it because I'm a very... I would say that I'm a linear thinker. Yeah, uh, you have I, no spatial awareness. I have I no... You just try to walk down a hall before. Yeah, you, Jared? Jared, you see me try to... When I'm, when you oh, my goodness, me, yes. I'm all over the place. All over the place. Yes, tubas <laughs> should always be playing when I walk down a hall. And I have, no, uh, I have no ability to play games like checkers and things like that. I cannot imagine things where they aren't. I can't imagine how I would respond... How... how I'm going to make this move knowing you'll make that move, and then I'll make the other move. I can't do that. I, I know my limitations. I have to think in a very linear way. One thing has to connect to the other, and I don't want to find out how stupid I am, so I've never taken an IQ test. So 171, uh, what, what's, what's the tops? And by the way, is this a kid's IQ test? Is, is it different? Is It, it is, is designed for kids. Like, yeah. Obviously, she has a high IQ, which means the potential is there to be very smart. Because IQ isn't, you know, I, yeah. mean, I simplified it. IQ just doesn't equate smartness. Right. Yeah. But uh, the average IQ is 100. Most people range between 85 and 150. Well, hold on. You're telling me that I'm supposed to believe. Can I tell you this? I'm calling baloney on this. I don't believe this nonsense. A three-year-old is that much smarter than the average 35-year-old. I think that this is complete baloney. Again, you, the IQ and smart, they're different things. It's oh. there. She's young. 
what's going to happen is she probably will become smart. She'll overthink things. She'll sink into depression. Become a drug addict. <laughs> That's her future. Are you saying so don't her, feel so bad? Are you saying her future is paralysis by analysis? Yes. I don't She'll, know if if you have the ability to think too much. I yeah. You know. No, it's a, no. Very few people uh, can actually handle it, right? Because if you if you if you think way more than other people, in order for that to help you in life, you also have have to have the kind of self control so that you don't just go off into rabbit holes on every single thing you start thinking about, right? You gotta yeah, have you your. Need to, you need to embrace the fact that you don't matter. Oh, okay. Well, I think you apply that to everyone, not just uh, really smart. But I will tell you this: there's something about this I'm finding fishy. I just don't think this kid's a genius at three. I think it's something to do with the parents. People get involved in this kind of thing. I think uh, are the parents, um, they'll end up with a reality show or something out of this. The world's smartest kid. Hey, they say that they were worried that people were going to say things like that about them. Yeah. So, you know, they're these kids do end up, a lot of these kids do end up miserable. There are documentaries about kids from the 60s and 70s. And the problem is you don't want to tell a kid they're, they're, that, they're that smart when they're four or five. Because who knows if somebody's wrong, and then by you know, and then they flunk out of the fourth grade, you crush them for the rest of their lives. Of course, nobody flunks any grade anymore, do they? I don't think. I mean, so. you have to be yeah. really super dumb to flunk yeah. a grade in in the way that things are done now. Nobody's nobody's held back, right? Which is a shame. I, I if you hold someone back, there's so much explaining to do that everyone just avoids it now. Yeah. The parents come in, they throw a fit, they trash yeah. the room. Yeah. No, they no, yeah, because parents are are never take responsibility. I don't know about never, but I, I think these days, uh, like for instance, when I was in school 150 years ago, if uh, if there was a problem on campus and uh, everybody knew about it, and I wasn't a suspect, I think that my mom would pick up the phone and give the uh, principal a call and say, "Hey, you might want to look at my kid." <laughs> He's not so great. He may have had something to do with it. <laughs> like my mom was volunteering me as somebody who may have started the problem. And I think these days, if you work in 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 the school administration, you know you're worried that parents are going to lawyer up or something if you uh, if you call them out. So it's a strange thing. My parents were the same. They always took the teacher's side because why would a teacher just call your parents and lie? Right. What What do they get yeah. out of that? Well, where's that assumption that my kid is would never do something? Of course your kid would. Don't you remember when you were a kid? Of course, of course your kid's up to no good. You know what? Kids are supposed to be up to no good. I remember That's what it's all about. We tried to smash in the electric meter on the side of the house, break the glass because I wanted to touch the spinning dial. <laughs> oh, Greg, I wanted to do that too, man. Oh my gosh, yeah, that thing was fascinating to watch. As a, like, as, how old were you, like five or six? Uh, probably thirty-two. Seven, <laughs> you were older. I was. Yeah, no, it was fascinating to watch that thing. Okay, good. I'm not crazy then. We're not crazy, Greg. No, oh, no, I, no. Took, I took rocks and tried to break it. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't break that glass though. My friend and I. And then you know, remember the outside air conditioning units? Yes. There, you could dent them easily, and mm -hmm. it was kind of fun. So I would like every once in a while kick one. Were you ever caught? You you never caught. Uh, no, I don't think I was. caught As you on grew that. older, oh, I, was, I was. No, we were caught on the electric meter. It was at my friend's house, and I don't know how they found out, but yeah, I got in trouble for that. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm here. Hey, well, that's wonderful. You have well, no idea. No, I do, and I have something I have something to add. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> One time, I was, uh, me and this other kid got in trouble on the bus, and we were called into the principal, and my dad was there, and the other kid's dad was there, and it was a guy and his kid and his son. And uh, I admitted that I had done it, and my dad was like, yeah, she did it. And the other guy's dad said, 
my son would never do something like that. You know, that was a bunch of the other kids. He didn't do it. And that kid got suspended for like a week. And all I had to do was write a paragraph. Well, look at that. <laughs> you see, for being honest. That's right. I don't, I just don't understand that. What is that knee jerk reaction that's in parents now? Why wouldn't you think your kid did it? They're kids. I mean, if they're being a, and, and usually these are, these are misdemeanors we're talking about. We're not talking about something that would send them to jail. If, if there was something that's going to send your kid to jail, yeah, you lawyer up and you do what you can. But, I mean, just the basic, there's going to be a suspension or something along those lines. When did that shift happen, I wonder, where parents knew or that adults took the word of other adults over the word of their own children? When did that break down? To where we all became so, like, household tribal. When, when children became such an extension of you. Yeah. It's like, that is me. That's a little version of me. And it reflects poorly on you if the kid's a brat. Oh, I see. So you don't want to face I, it. I, yeah, I think there's some ego involved. All right, well, I'm going to tell you this. I don't believe this three-and-a-half-year-old is a genius. And I'll tell you, I'm calling that three-and-a-half-year-old out. And uh, that three-and-a-half-year-old's a fraud. Don't and, feel uh, threatened. I, I'm not threatened. The Ophelia, her name's Ophelia, the Ophelia Doctrine on its way. Yeah, yeah. Replacing Eric <laughs> I, will, I will crush that show. I want to talk about swing theory. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, next story. Uh, there's a woman. Hold on one second. Before we go to that next story, do you have any idea what Einstein's IQ was? Because I don't. Somebody look that up. I wanna, hers is 171. I want to see how close this three-and-a-half-year-old is yeah. supposed to be to Einstein. It says his range is 160 to 190. Oh, get out of here. This three-year-old's as smart as Einstein. This makes no sense. She has the tools to have... Fake uh, news! <laughs> She has the tools needed so she could become the next Einstein. Fake news, Lion Greg. Fake news. Let's let's move on. All right. There's a woman who lost a contact lens in her eye. Oh, that's news? 28 years ago. (laughs) 28 years ago, and they just found it. It was in a cyst in her eyelid. She got hit in the eye 28 years ago with a shuttlecock playing a game of badminton. And so she just thought she lost the the lens then. it, it, It fell out. And it turns out it was in her upper eyelid, and it you know, crusted over. A cyst formed. She's having a droopy eyelid, and they found it in there. Is that a syndrome? Is that a thing? Droopy eyelid? Yeah. Th- yes. Okay. You know, and so she had no idea. She, no, I, I don't sit around with doctors. When do I sit around talking about eyelids with doctors? It doesn't happen very often. So she, uh, f- when she was 14 years old, and she forgot about it. Just thought I lost that uh, that contact lens. Let me tell you, this is this should be a, a good lesson to people. This is why I don't ever. I I've. I've been wearing glasses since I was 14 years old. I never even considered getting contact lenses because you have to touch your eyeball with your finger. It's easy. You get used to it. No, I don't get no eyeballs. Creep me out. I would say with jelly. Yeah, they're just like they're not completely done. They seem to be in some sort of half state. They're they're very done. They're very advanced. They're very don't 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 give out the uh, the false information that I gave out yesterday, Greg. Because I know what you're going to say, and we found out yesterday it's false. What? Tell me. The idea, and I think you're the person who told me this to begin with, that your eyeballs is, are as big as they'll ever be when you're born. I never said you that. You said that to me. I not. And I went on. Don't pass the buck, Eric. I'm, You've been saying that for years. Because no, he said it to me years I'm ago. Sure. And I, I go on my show that people <laughs> expect to hear the truth. And I, 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 I passed along that falsehood. Discredit yourself. I do want to say I did lose a contact lens in my eye before. It's, it floats to the back. 
And then I, I was like, maybe it's not in there. Two and a half weeks later, it came out. <gasps> See, I wow. can't handle it. I don't want anything weird going on. I'm just, I get grossed out by the eyeball. It would be, I would say, I bet you there are other people who could think of other areas of the human body that they find gross or grosser. I don't care where you're going with that thought. There's nothing grosser than the human eyeball. I hear tell you have another open mic. Yes, I do. Hey guys, in terms of holding kids back, I was held back about 20 years ago as a first grader because I didn't really know how to read. My teacher had favorites, and this was in a public school. My parents took me out of that school, took me to a private school, discussed it with the principal, and among the three of them, they decided it was in my best interest to repeat the first grade. Going through school, it really wasn't that bad. It was actually pretty cool being older than everyone. First of all, I want to say I encourage everyone to uh, call our open mic while they're standing in a wind tunnel. Hey, aerodynamics are important. Yes, it is. It, it makes wants to blast off into space. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't roll up the windows because it sounds better the more air that's blowing. <laughs> but I, I, I'm glad she called. And, you know, I think especially if you're held back in first grade, I think that it probably does help you for the rest of your life. You know, we say at five or whatever you start at kindergarten and you go to first grade. Six, but p- kids are different. And sometimes you're still in that little kid fog until you're seven or eight years old i was when i went to school five six years old i didn't even know where i was i was still in a complete la la land little kid la la land i never put together that every day i was going to go to the same place that i went the day before i was just la wherever blah blah and then other kids are a little bit further advanced so probably being held back very early uh actually is quite helpful. Well, you and it. they tell you, too, when you enroll your kids in kindergarten, if your kid is on the cusp of, you know, we, we could squeeze you in, you'll be five just in time for this beginning of the school year, or yeah. wait until next year. They tell you to wait. Yeah, you should wait. I mean, yeah, I remember. Nah, nah, you want that kid out of the house. Well, so that's true. That is 100% true. Get out of here. Autumn can't wait to get rid of her kids for a few yeah, hours a day. Get out of here. Get to school already. <laughs> Pete's one and a half. He could make it. I don't know if we have enough time for this next story, but throw it at me. All right, quickly. Constellation Brands. That's the company behind Corona Beer. They invested nearly $4 billion in legal pot in a Canadian company. My understanding is that they're going to try to create a marijuana drink. I don't know if you could call it marijuana beer, but a marijuana drink. Infused. Uh, infused. A lot of people in California are doing that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and what well, for a, a company like Corona, though, they have to have this idea that over the next few years, it's going to become legalized in many more states. Because why would you just want to sell it to, what is it now, eight states? That in Canada. And Canada. Well, yeah. So this Canada. is a Canadian grower, but they are betting oh. on the fact that it's going to become legal in the United States and in more states and across the world. I don't know that. Uh, why, why do people want to put marijuana in, or THC in all these different things? Well, it's do you nice want to, to drink? A, I mean, I can't it's imagine. It's nice to be adventurous with beer now. Beer is not what it used to be even 10 years ago. Craft yeah. beer, there's experimenting with all kinds of fruits and yeah, yeah. whatnot. The like expert. Yeah. It's got to, yeah, the, the alcoholic. Yeah, it's, it's got to taste better than that grapefruit beer. God, I can't stand that stuff. Greg, are you going to join us on the podcast later? R.I.P. for Loco. Uh, I'm going to try to be there. I do have to run out. <laughs> all right. My goal is to be back. Well, we're hoping to hear from you then. Okay. Well, I'll be darned. Hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right now. 
I'm Eric Von Hassler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. No Tim Andrews again for today, although we thought that Tim Andrews would probably be off Monday as well. But that's all changed now because Tim hasn't been here the last few days because he went to Watkins Glen, New York to see his favorite band, Fish. Yeah, the Curveball Music Festival. Yeah, it's like a big festival of a whole bunch of days. And I told him before he left, you're going right up there where all the flooding is happening. Well, it turns out there's too much flooding, and uh, they've canceled the Fish Festival. Is there a boil water advisory, too? Yeah, you can't even drink the water there unless you boil it. So uh, he texted us and said he'll be back on Monday. So uh, let's do this. More headlines for Friday, August 17th. I feel bad. The guy, you know, went all that way. He, he works hard. He drove, too. He's he, got to drive back. He didn't fly. I'd say he practices those voices for, what, three, four hours a night at least? Oh, yeah. You got uh, some headlines for me? Yeah, in a fiery New York Times op-ed, former CIA... You know, fiery <laughs> New York Times. I got a feeling you're reading that from some other source. No, I don't that's see... what it says. Well, it's... well then that's... you are. Oh, that's what I wrote. That... Uh, that's what uh, I wrote. Uh, it's what it says. says. No, no, busted. Busted. I just... Jared, I know you well enough. I just don't hear that as your voice. Yeah, in a fiery... It... Say it again. In, in a, a fiery... fiery New York Times op-ed. Yeah, you're right. It's from Vox. I stole it. All right, go uh, ahead. Former CIA director. John Brennan called Trump's decision to revoke his security clearance politically motivated, and uh, it will scare others who might try to challenge him. Well, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to this here. Uh, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of Brennan. I'm not coming out saying I. I, I think Brennan is a. He's a hysterical, melodramatic, uh, and and obviously doesn't have a sense of humor, which I'll get to. But I'll tell you what I don't like. I'm starting to not like this idea that anytime the president wants to do something, he invokes national security as the reason. So he says John Brennan, he has to remove his national security clearance because he's a national security threat. Now he's on CNN and MSNBC saying all kinds, he he hates the president. It's America. You can hate the president. That's fine. And I don't even mind him losing his security clearance. What I'm starting to not like is the way Trump just uses national security to get what get done what he wants done. It reminds me of the pre, the former president Obama who every time he wanted to do something and no one would go along with him, he would just write an executive order. That's how I see that's how I see this. You know, at this point now, uh, Canada, the reason we have tariffs on Canada if you if you really believe this is because it's a national security threat. Canada is not a national security threat. It's just that that is a loophole that allowed the president on his own to toss the tariffs on on Canada. Sounds a little bit like the previous president and how he used executive orders. Now John Brennan, who is, you know, a bit of a jerk is the way that I look at it. Um, and I don't think he's all that bright. Some people seem to think he's some sort of intelligence genius. Uh, I'll 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 leave that to them. But one thing he's not is a national security threat. We, we've gotten to a point in this country where we're just arguing nonsense with each other. The president says that Brennan is a national security threat, and Brennan says the president is trying to shut him up. Brennan says that on every 24-hour news network, and he writes an op-ed piece for the was it the New York Times or Washington Post? The New York Times. So how, how, is, how is the president trying to infringe upon his free speech when all we've heard for the last 24 hours is what John Brennan thinks about this? 
So you have nonsense arguing nonsense with, with, with other nonsense. The president is making it up when he says John Brennan is a national security threat. He's not. And Brennan is making it up when he says the president is trying to silence him. If the president is trying to silence him, he's doing a pretty poor job of it because we've all heard everything he has to say. Well, now you're getting the talking heads on both sides talking about it. Do you agree with uh, General Anthony Tata? When no, he went- I don't agree with General Anthony Tata, but you can play it. Communist John Brennan uh, never should have had a security Well, he clearance. voted for a communist uh, candidate in 1970. Well, and, and he supported the, that way of life, and, and the president made the right decision in revoking a security clearance. How old was he in 1970 when he voted for a communist? All right, everybody listening, you're all on the hook. You're all on the hook for everything you ever uttered or said or thought when you were 18 or 20 or whatever Brennan was in 1970. See, now you got to do it to yourself. You're going to hold someone else to what they thought in 1970. You're all on the hook. I'm holding you all to everything you believed or said in 1970. That Tata, that's a talking point. Let's get that out there. Let's let the American people know he once voted for, who did he vote for, Gus Hall? There was this guy in the 70s, and when you went and voted, I didn't start voting until the 80s, but uh, I, this guy was always in the news. He would always run for president, and he was the head of the uh, Communist Party of America, and I remember that his name was Gus Hall. And I was really apolitical at the time, because I was uh, 10 or 11, uh, but uh, I always thought it would be kind of cool to have a president named Gus. Yeah, it sounds real old timey. <laughs> yeah, President Gus. But you know, I don't, I don't believe in the, uh, in the whole communist thing. And hey, everybody, knock it off. Neither does John Brennan. But John Brennan, uh, you know who uh, uh, Scott Adams is? Do you know Scott Adams? Is? I don't know who that. He's is. the person behind the Dilbert comic comic strip. Have you ever heard of Dilbert Comics? No, I haven't. <laughs> of Have you ever picked up a newspaper and actually read it? Of course. Okay. So uh, this guy, Scott Adams, is pretty smart. And in I guess in the op-ed piece that Brennan wrote. Fiery op-ed. That fiery mm. op-ed piece that, that he wrote. Uh, apparently, he basically laid it out there that when the president on the campaign trail looked into the camera and said to Russia... Russia, if you've got the missing Hillary emails, you know, please, please publish them. Please get them out. Brennan says that was when he realized he needed to open an investigation because the president was not was encouraging other people to work with Russia. And this guy, Scott Adams, is very smart and he's 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 truthful with this. And I've been saying this for a couple of years now. I don't know why people don't understand That when Trump said that, now I don't care what you think about Trump, I'm not telling you what to think about Trump, but when Trump said that, that was a joke. Uh, Let me give you, uh, look, when you collude, you do it behind closed doors. If you have any concept that this collusion is going to work, and in order for collusion to work, People have to not ever find out about it. That's kind of one of those things with collusion. It sort of falls to pieces once people find out that you're colluding. So the idea that Trump, I can't remember what the press conference was for, when he looked at the camera and said, it was right after the WikiLeaks thing, hey, Russia, if you've got the 33,000 deleted emails, please let us see them, or whatever his exact words were. 
at the time, I saw it at the time. I was like, that was a joke. And CNN decided it wasn't a joke. John Brennan decided it wasn't a joke. Now, here's the, here's the truth. There's nuance in this world. It's okay if you think it's irresponsible for somebody running for the highest office in the land to make a joke like that. People can agree or disagree with you, but that's a reasonable point of view to say, I don't think somebody running for president should be making jokes like that. That's a reasonable point of view. But to act like it wasn't a joke, you could also say it wasn't funny. But even if a joke isn't funny, it's still a joke. And that was quite obviously a joke. And John Brennan is a joke if he's really telling the truth that when he heard that, he knew he had to start investigating whether or not Trump was working with Russia. Yeah, that would have been a really smart move. Go out in front of the entire world with every television camera from every 24-hour news network on you and uh, call for Russia to do your bidding. That's, that's not colluding. That's not colluding. Colluding happens behind closed doors. That's the idea. I liked uh, Senator John Kennedy's uh, uh, statement that he made about Brennan uh, yesterday. He's yeah. a Republican from Louisiana, and this was just great. Um, I think I called him a butthead in a minute. <laughs> I think I called him a butthead. Um, I think I called him a butthead in a minute. <laughs> See, I like that, though. That's, yeah, no, that, that's, I, that's, uh, you know, the thing about that guy is uh, he's almost <laughs> – he's become a, 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 a machine for these kind of audio clips. And he's, he's known as being funny like that. And I think sometime, now he's like on the spot. Every time the cameras get in front of him, he's got to think of something kind of funny to say. But uh, no, I, that's an understandable point of view. Um, I think I called him a butthead in a minute. But, you know, it's, it's, it really has gotten to the point now where everybody is being ridiculous. The president wants me to believe that Canada is a national security threat. And Brennan wants me to believe... That the, the, the president was actually colluding with Russia when he made a joke about Russia in front of the entire world. It's absurd. I really tell you, I, 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 I don't know how anybody listening to me can say, I'm on this side or I'm on that side. Can you not see it? It's a circus. It's, it's the idiots on both sides are running the show. And it's a show that both sides know they need the other side to put on the show. Are you not getting this? Are you not seeing what is happening right in front of your eyes? Idiots versus idiots. No nuance ever. That Tata, his job was to go out there and get that on the table because there may be people out there that don't know that John Brennan, when he was an idiot kid, voted for a communist. Communist John Brennan. I mean, that sounds like it came right out of the president. Communist John Brennan. You've got CNN acting like whatever happens in this Manafort trial has something to do with Russian collusion. It's not possible that they're that stupid. They have to know the truth. That the events in the Manafort trial all happened years before this guy was the campaign manager for two and a half minutes for Donald Trump. Idiots versus idiots. 
You know what I like? I like the economy booming. I like the tax cuts. I love the rollback of regulations. Am I completely wrong to think if the president only talked about those things for the next two and a half years, he would do well in the midterms and probably get reelected? You're a butthead, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I don't care about? I don't give a damn what this president thinks about LeBron James. If you think you do, I would challenge yourself to really think about it. Do you really care what the president thinks about LeBron James? My goodness. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Every day beginning at 9. Entertaining, honest, independent thinker. Eric Von Hessler on WSB and at EVHDoctrine.com. All right, let's see if we can squeeze in yet another story here. Yeah, Eric, do you uh, remember when Johnny Depp and Amber Heard were happily married? Uh, it was a long time ago. Uh, it was before <laughs> he started throwing wine bottles around, and then they uh, think something went bad. Yeah, something the went old really days, bad. you guys. Yeah, remember the old yeah. days. You know what happened to Johnny Depp? I'm convinced of this. You know, my favorite living human being is uh, the man behind this guitar lick. Keith, Keith Richards. And, <laughs> hey, Dan, my... don't, don't try to do it. Tim's not here. <laughs> Come don't on, you... I can no, do no. it. So, uh, <laughs> all right, you got to go back now. I don't, I got to. All right, now he's gone. So, for Pirates of the Caribbean, or Caribbean, hmm. I don't know how it's said for the movie title, he modeled that character, Sparrow, after Keith Richards. And I really feel like. He just took it way too seriously. There's only one person that can live like Keith Richards and still be alive at 75 years of age, and that's Keith Richards. Other people should not try to live their lives that way, and I think he just got way in way too deep, and so now it's just all alcohol and a bunch of other drugs, and his life is a mess. If you know anything about Johnny Depp right now, yeah. his life I is mean, a mess. Him and Amber Heard have obviously right. broken up. So it was a bad breakup. It was a bad breakup, but now there's a new report suggesting that their breakup may have stemmed from a pile of poop left in their bed. Oh, this is... <laughs> Story. So <laughs> Johnny, Johnny you, Depp is accusing Amber Heard. He's saying that she, she yeah, left uh, uh, her know, waist she, yes. in the bed, yeah, as to uh, as she, revenge because he was late to her thirtieth birthday party. And so they disagreed about that. She blamed the dog Boo, who she says has <laughs> bowel problems. Well, that's a good pet. This story is so weird. I mean, I, I looked at this story, and there's a couple of sentences here that I would just like to read verbatim. Go ahead. A source close to the 55-year-old actor told the news outlet that there is strong photographic evidence that connected Amber to the feces. Photographic evidence? That connected Amber (laughs) to the feces. So there was a picture of just on its own. No, they of, took pictures. Of what she produces yes. just on a regular day. For some reason, that exists. No, and then no, they no, took no. a picture of no. this in the bed, and then a forensic no. ph- photologist no. looked at it. <laughs> no. No. This is what happened. A bro- okay. But a representative for Heard cited Boo's serious bowel control issues. But here's the thing. The, the person, like the, the maid, is on Johnny Depp's side... And said that the uh, the stuff that was left there on the bed was too big to have been left by the dog. I don't care how mad I would be at anybody. You have to be insane to drop your pants and do something like that. Don't you think? A person yes. like that belongs in an asylum, don't you think? Yes. I have more to say about this uh, 
feces scandal. But that music tells me I'll have to tell you when we get back. You know, everybody wants me to pick a side. They're like, Eric, are you with the idiots on the left or are you with the idiots on the right? (laughs) I don't have to pick a side. There's good people on all sides. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right? That's right. Here I am, stuck with you. Yeah, sorry. There's good people on all sides. But right now, those good people are silenced on all sides. It's just people who want to win the 24-hour news cycle constantly. It's all about my party, not my country. I mean, I, I ask people, examine yourselves. Examine yourselves. Are you really motivated by what's best short and long term for the country you live in? Or are you motivated by your political party advancing if you get out there? I just ask people to examine because the two don't necessarily go together. As much as you think you're right, the people you're against think they're right. And you live in a great country where we have elections all the time. But every once in a while, we can all disengage and allow the people we elected to govern without having to actually win that 24-hour news cycle. That's what's killing this country. That politicians now feel like they have to win every 24-hour news cycle. I liked it better the other day, other way, where you had everybody in the House, every two years, they're up for re-election. Do people realize that? They complain about lifetime politicians, and you've got the power. Everybody in the House of Representatives, every single one of them, is up for re-election every two years. You have the power that you complain that you don't have. Every six years, every, and every two years, one-third of the Senate is up. And every four years, the presidency is up. That's plenty. That's plenty of campaigns. That's plenty of speeches. That's plenty of debates. That's plenty of opportunity to vote for the person you think is best. But in the old days, after the vote was over, most of us disengaged and allowed the people that we voted for to govern. And then we'd come back two years later and assess them and decide, should they stay or should they go? And you're going to tell me that's not enough power for you? That's not enough? Your side has to win every 24-hour news cycle? It's going to drive the country bananas. It already is. You know, that reminds me, I did it again yesterday. You know, I do these morning teases. And some, then sometimes I tell people I'm going to tell them something, and I didn't. Like yesterday, we get on the show, we start talking, we start improvising, and I forget. So yesterday's morning tease was this. I'm Eric Von Hassler. That's me. I'll tell you about the real danger Trump <laughs> faces as we head toward the midterms on the Von Hessler Doctrine. That's the show. Nine to noon. Right here on WSB. And I didn't yesterday, I didn't. But it goes along with what I'm saying here. I think the real danger for Trump with the people in the middle isn't necessarily policy because the economy's going well. I think the real danger is 
I think people might just get worn out. <laughs> you know, like overwhelmed. The problem with this presidency is there's 19 things that happen every week. It's a lot to keep up with. It would be good if maybe the White House would just focus on a few things and let us know how the president responds to everything. And we end up with six or seven different controversies or scandals every, I don't know, 72 hours. And I think the real danger to Trump isn't that people reject the policies. The real danger is that people just get worn out at their wits end. This isn't natural. It's not natural that we're all ready for a brawl every single day about the things that we believe. We live in a great country. As I said, we're able to vote constantly. You need to check your privilege. Oh, shut up, you millennial. You can you can vote whenever you want because you're a white male. You get to vote in all those same elections. Right, but like other people like that don't have an ID or whatever, they can't vote. <laughs> well, I, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's your fault. It is my fault because I'm white. Right. Cisgendered. I mean, we're, we're talking and about boring all the, anyway. And we talk about all these things all the time. You know, you know, these in Vermont. Was it Vermont or Connecticut? The first transgender. Yeah, that was in Vermont. That was I don't one of the I don't want to hear about any more first, okay? I officially <laughs> don't care about any more first. Because you want to know why? Because I know this country. Before Barack Obama, I knew we were going to have black presidents. Before Hillary ran, I already knew we we're going to have female presidents. This is the United States of America. Uh, as long as we stick around for another hundred years or so, we're going to have every kind of president. Let me tell you what I know about this country. If it sticks around long enough, we will come full circle and we'll have a Native American president. If this country can just keep it together... And stay on the rails, we will have every kind of president over time. Perhaps not in my lifetime, but over time. Because that's, it's not a big deal anymore, the first. The people that, I keep getting, is it Connecticut or Vermont? I keep it's Vermont. Vermont. Vermont, it also had the 14-year-old running, too. Yeah, they but got 8% of the vote. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't get through. But no one in Vermont should vote for whatever her name is. I don't know her name. Christine something. Because she's transgendered. The only reason, you don't vote for people so you can have the first whatever. You vote for people because you believe that their policies are the best for you and the state. Or the country, if it's a national election. Stacey Abrams. Nobody should vote for her because she's going to be the first black female governor in Georgia. Christine Hallquist is her okay. name. Vote for Stacey Abrams if you think that her policies are best for the state. How, how have these people been educated to believe that the thing that should motivate their vote is that you have some first type of person being... What does that tell you about what taxes are going to be? What does that tell you about what the transportation policies are going to be? These are the things that matter. 
Live and let live. Open it up. Let everybody compete. I'm all for it. But I would never vote for somebody based on their skin color or their gender or their preferences. I would never vote against someone because of that either. This is not maturity. Maturity is, I don't care who has the best haircut. Voting for someone because they'd be the first transgendered whatever is the same stupidity as voting for the best looking guy. It would be like saying, you know what, he's really tall and uh, I like tall governors. It's that stupid. It's that superficial. You know, you give me a transgendered candidate that leans libertarian, is going to cut my taxes. <laughs> That's where my vote's going to go. No, I'm going to vote for the tallest, this first seven foot tall governor. That's yeah. what I'm voting for. The guy with the best haircut. Boy, he just looks good. There's no difference. There's I just no trust di- him. I don't know why. <laughs> He's tall. <laughs> I like his haircut. He's a good looking fella. Yep. I, I, I just, people want to go to battle every single day, and the country is not built for that. Democracy, constitutional republic, whatever you want to call it. It's not built for that. The understanding is that we vote for representatives, and then they go and do our bidding. And then a couple of years go by, we assess how they did, and we decide whether they stay or we want to put somebody else in there. The, the country is not built for the entire citizenry to go to war with one another on a daily basis. I don't even know that it can survive. I've always been an optimist. Always been an optimist. But you know what's happening right now is good people are not going to get involved. By good people, I just mean rational, reasonable people. We have this weird idea now that... You know, you should never change your mind. That's a good one. You should never change your mind. Why do we say, why, in, the, in the realm of politics, why do we insist that it's a weakness if you ever change your mind? Yet in real life, that's not true. You learn new things all the time. Sometimes you learn something that's so astounding that it makes you change something very Fundamental. Because you look dumb if somebody proves you wrong right. in whatever yeah. political silo you're on. Well, what is it? Are they proving you wrong? Oh, you used to not know the capital of Texas? What are you, a flip-flopper <laughs> now? Yeah, what are you, a Democrat? How do you not know that? That's what I mean. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. matter what you do, you're going to be screamed at. Now, these morons on social media screaming, no matter what it is, no matter how petty or trivial. And this is what's... What's running things? This is what's driving the conversation right now. And I, as an op, always been an optimist. I consider myself like Ronald Reagan, happy warrior. Mm-hmm. Always an optimist. But if we, if we stay like this, like the next president is going to tweet all the time, like the next president's going to get in there because they're louder and they're, they're, the Democrats find their loud, brash person. And, and, and if this just keeps on going, this country will suffer, suffer the equivalent of a nervous breakdown. No person, no country, no culture, no society can stay at wit's end forever without breaking down.
And it's such, it's the whole, the, the sad part is it's so phony. It's not even real. And all you have to do is just look at the world through your eyes, not your favorite pundit's eyes, not your favorite radio host's eyes, not your favorite TV host eyes, just your own eyes, your own experience. When you drop your kids off at school and you're in that stupid minivan line and you're waiting, all around you are people who disagree with you politically. No matter where you stand. I hope you're not minivan shaming there. I'm not. I think it's a good thing. We had one when I we had small children. Good. All right. Just clarify. The line Thank, was stupid, not the minivan. It was the line, not Thank the people. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> when you're in the, you're, you're constantly surrounded at work. When you go to the movie theater, if you're dumb enough to go to a movie theater these days, you are constantly surrounded by a number of people who fundamentally disagree with your politics, and yet everybody seems to be able to get along. I blame social media. I really do. I do, too. But that music is playing, which means we'll have to talk about it when we get back. Eric Von Hessler, you want to vote for the guy with the best haircut? How baldest can you be? It is baldest. I apologize. (laughs) I apologize. You know, just to follow up on what I was saying there. This is the thing. Life is not easy, but it can be simple. The simpler your life is the better it will go. But that doesn't make life easy. Life's tough for everybody. Even even people in the 1%. Can you believe that? Life is tough for everybody. No, the, human condition, the human condition. No, the human condition itself. They're in the 1%, though. We yeah, they never them, die. We have to take them down. They never die. They never get cancer. They never lose their loved ones. Their kids never get addicted to drugs. That's right. They wipe themselves with their money. Yes. Well, my goodness. Where did that come from? <laughs> <laughs> That's how they live. I say they live lusciously. Yeah. Life is not easy, but it, it can be simple. This is what this is four words. If everybody would adopt four words, we'd have world peace overnight, but at least in this country, anyway. What are those four words, Jared? You've heard me say them before. Ah, no, nah, it just didn't sink in, did it? Oh, you know, I know. You know. Autumn knows. What are they? Live and let live. Live and let live. <laughs> no matter where you stand. I don't care who you are or what you believe. If you ever think the government power should be used to make others live like you, you're wrong. 100% of the time, whether you're coming from the left, you're coming from the right, whether you're secular, whether you're religious, whatever. You want freedom of religion? Don't tell others how to live. It's a compact. It's an agreement. You don't mess with me, I don't mess with you. If you want freedom, grant freedom. Give freedom. If you want freedom to live your life, allow others the freedom to live their lives. Yet way too many people on the left and on the right who want to use government power to make others live like them. Live and let live. It works. It's almost the only philosophy you need if you'd like to get to world peace. The problem is, how do you get everybody else to adopt it? Like every, everything else. But right now, if you're going to ask me, Eric, which side are you on? I'm on the side of reason. I'm on the side of logic. 
I'll tell you what I'm not on the side of is just emotional outburst. I don't care if it's coming from the left or it's coming from the right. We'll be back. That's right. The future happens now. Hour three of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins right here, right now. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The other voices you hear are the doctrinaires. Tim Andrews, not here. He'll join us again on Monday because his uh, his uh, fish festival was was canceled. How can you laugh why? at that? I, I feel, feel bad for him. That. I feel he's bad. Been, I mean, he's I been looking laugh. forward to that. He's oh, that. he just saw him like three weeks ago or I something. I know, but I, I can relate with him. When you go through Hell the music are. festival time, music festivals are a magical time, and I feel bad for Tim. Well, yeah. it's not just that, but the travel time it's, no, and the it's, planning it's flooding. is a lot. Yeah, well, no. For him no, to get there, I mean. <laughs> Fair point, Alan. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Even more headlines for Friday, August 17th. There's a, I, I'll just tell you this, Autumn. There was a technical glitch there, and I didn't hear what you said. I wasn't ignoring it. Oh, okay. It. Right. <laughs> I know you must have been like, what's going on there? I thought I was like, well, I guess they're talking to Alan. I don't know what's going on. Uh, hey, but can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Because I just went off like a last half hour on... You know, big old political rant. Oh, don't worry. It's going in the Eric rant folder. It was great. Keep okay, it up. great. No, Good but stuff. I mean, that's I get exhausted. It's Friday. I want to have some fun. Friday. Yay! Shut up. I just want to ask you this question. <laughs> um, do you have any Chinese sex robot stories? Uh, I do have a Chinese no, sex you robot. You don't have to start with it. Okay, all right. I just, as something to know that it's there, that there is still a Chinese sex robot story okay. in the bin. I'm going to tuck start it. Start at the beginning. Okay, all right. President Trump accused the Boston Globe of collusion with other newspapers. Oh, yeah, because they did the editorial. Was that a couple days ago? Yeah, that was on the 16th. So that was yeah. yesterday. Was it yesterday? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so they got, it was over 300 papers, and they all decided to do an editorial against the president and his so-called war on the, the free press. Correct. And so all 300. By the way, uh, kudos to the Los Angeles Times, who did not participate. And they did an editorial, and they're the Los Angeles Times. So they pretty much agree with everything that the other editorials were saying. They're no fans of Trump. But they pointed out that you're, you're, you're giving him an example of exactly what he's complaining about, right? He says there's groupthink, that you guys are basically work together against my administration. And as a way to prove that they don't, they all get together and coordinate editorial pages on the same day, all saying pretty much the same exact thing. So kudos to the LA Times for at least seeing how ridiculous that was. And they made the point... We're going to editorialize about the things that we want to editorialize today. We're not going to choose to put that editorial in here because you're coordinating this. Uh, well, I'm going to go boycott the LA Times now for not standing up to President yes. Trump and yeah. everything that he, all but the atrocities you, yes. that he stands but you for. But you got it. You, you have to. Are so ridiculous. Yeah. You have to give it to Trump, though, uh, by using the word collusion. That's his little game, you know, by putting the word. But you know, it's again. It was done in plain sight, so in reality, it's no more colluding than Trump being in front of cameras and making a joke about Russia having Hillary's emails and making them available. So it's it's more absurdity. I put this in the, uh, the comedian Trump category, and I think he's a hell of a comedian, I have to tell you. And I don't mean that as a slam. I just mean I think Trump is a funny person. I think he's probably the funniest president we've ever had. Reagan was funny. 
but in more of a let me tell you a joke kind of way. Trump is actually funny. And I don't care if you hate him and you think he's, you don't want to normalize him. You're just fooling yourself if you don't know that this guy has a great sense of humor. And that's what I see this. The opportunity to say that they're colluding when he's being accused of colluding. But it, was, it, but, but it, was, it really did deliver. They, they, they are so self-righteous, the media. You know, all of these outlets are so quick to tell the president how wrong he is to engage them this way and to, uh, to fight with them. And they never look at themselves and wonder if it's, if it's wrong for them to also engage in the same way. If they felt confident about themselves, there would be no need. No need for all this defensive, what are they afraid of? Are they aware of the fact that they've lost the American people? I mean, what we call the mainstream media has probably lost as many people on the left as they have on the right at this point. Who cares? Let me tell you something. If 300 papers had the same editorial, basically, in 1975, it would have had influence. What influence does this have? How many people actually read any of these editorials? Just actually read them? Very few. This isn't a story about the American people being exposed to this editorial all over the country on the same day because they weren't. It's a story about a story. We cover the fact that they did it because that's the story that they did it. The story isn't that people went, picked up their paper and everybody in America read the same idea because <gasps> nobody did. How many people did? 2% of uh, people who get news on a daily basis, maybe? Well, the ratings haven't come in yet, I'll tell you. Yeah. when they. <laughs> but I mean, when somebody calls you something or calls you a name or says that you're a coward or a, a playground taunt or something along those lines, the, the person who's most defensive about it is the person who thinks that maybe the people that are taunting him are right. Isn't that the way that it works? The people who, who, who feel, have confidence don't feel as if they have to defend themselves. This, this whole thing with the editorials all over the country has exposed the fact that the press is afraid that they've lost the people. I have to, uh, the press has to put out, has to remind people how important they are? What entity has to remind you how important they are? Does the fire department have to remind you how important they are? No, they don't. It's a given. It's a given that the fire department is important and you need them. They don't have to come out and put out editorials and say, hey, remember, fire department is important, you need us. But this is really kind of pathetic that the free press feels as if they have to remind us how important they are. That's not even a real thing. That's just self-righteous behavior. If you're so important, you don't have to remind people that you're important. Like to my kids. Well, not the oldest. I don't, I don't want to be mean. Let's say when the kids are younger. I don't have to remind them how important my wallet is. They know. They know how important my wallet is. When they were kids, if they wanted something, there was no need for me to remind them how important my wallet was. They knew it. 
No one needs, if you actually are important to people, there's no need to ever remind them of that. They will know it. So this just exposes the fact that what we call the mainstream media, the big papers and the, the, the big outlets, they're actually scared. They're frightened. They don't like the idea that this president can go right over their heads. I mean, I remember this from the Reagan administration. Uh, Reagan could talk over the press to the, to the people. He had a gift for that. But he would also do things that hadn't been done before, like grant interviews to local news stations. And, you, and guess what? You got a better interview because it was a big deal. You didn't, the local news guy didn't talk to the president every day. So they tended to have a little more respect. And some of them would ask harder questions, but it was an, overall, it was an easier deal. But Reagan was able to get right on local television and talk to people past the National News Corps. And now this president with Twitter has a direct line into the veins of the body politic, especially to his base. So Twitter is his newspaper, and he's able to get his word out there the way he wants to. And this act of editorials all over the country in one day just shows that they're afraid of that. Well, I gotta Let us remind you. Now, I spent the last half hour railing on politics by Twitter, amongst other things. There's plenty of downsides to that. But in this case, what this reveals about the mainstream media is that they are frightened because they don't have influence anymore. Do you feel like today, do you feel like today things changed because 300 some editorial? No, they didn't speak to anybody new. Everybody who believed what they believed yesterday believes it today. And everybody who was against them yesterday is against them today. It's a, it's a kabuki. I mean, it's just a show. They were talking to each other. These are editorial teams talking to each other and giving each other basically a locker room pep talk. We've had a bad season. It's like the Cleveland Browns now. They've won one game in two years, and if I'm to believe the preseason hype, they're going to win the Super Bowl this year because it's all locker room. Hey, we, we can still win games. I think next year... They should put the New York Times on hard knocks because they always go for the team that's lost the last few years. <laughs> that's what this is. This is a locker room pep talk. We still matter. If you matter and you're important, you have no need to remind people how important you are. Again, the fire department. No one in my life, I have never had a conversation where somebody said, eh, we don't need the fire department. I've never, I've never heard anybody say that. When was that. the last time you used it? Well, yeah, when's, when's the last? I've never used it. I'm tired it. of paying for that fire department. <laughs> yeah, no, a conversation that was never had in the <laughs> history of America because no one doubts that you need a fire department. And that's why the fire department itself doesn't feel the need to remind you how much you need them because they know you know. They'd always like a little more money. That's a different thing. That's a political thing. But they, they, they know that you know how important they are. It's really kind of sad what happened yesterday. Really kind of sad that 
what we call the mainstream media is feeling so threatened. You know what? I've got an idea. Start reporting the news without caring who wins or loses. You start doing that, you're going to start having influence again. But that's all. I don't even know if reporters can be even talked into that anymore. It's, uh, it's all opinion all the time. Your now. favorite reporter, uh, Jim Acosta, filling in for filled in for Wolf Blitzer again yesterday. Oh yeah, my favorite reporter. My favorite reporter is Jamie Dupree, and you know that. <laughs> Close second, Jim Acosta. No, right? no, no. <laughs> Jim Acosta is a bigger fan of Donald Trump than the most Trumpiest Trumper in the world, because Donald Trump made him a star. That's the reality. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining, honest, independent thinker. New time, 9 till noon. And find the Von Hessler Doctrine Daily Podcast at evhdoctrine.com. I've been very ranty today. I always feel good during the rants. Then I go home and go, eh, I should have had more fun. Oh, don't worry. we got open mic coming well, up in just a little bit. We're going to have some fun with that one. And where's this Chinese robot sex story? Uh, it's funny you ask. About the Chinese sex robots? I think that's next on the list. That's right. A Chinese... And I have a political rant on that as well. <laughs> <laughs> a Chinese sex robot firm. China. That's uh, making cyborgs China. with moving limbs is how they build themselves. Is it planning to sell 50% of its dolls here in the United States? No, it says that, yeah, that they uh, they do sell 50%. We're half half of, what the, of these Chinese sex robots that are sold in the entire world are sold right here in the good old U.S. of A., <laughs> And I, I, first of all, I want to know, are they covered under the tariffs that are coming out? I think Trump needs to make sure. If they're made of iron? <laughs> well, you know, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of, there's probably some electronics in there that sure. would be covered, yeah. I would imagine. You know, that's the problem with these tariffs. And I warned people, you oh, know, it's no. going to make the place of, comes. yeah, the Chinese sex robots you know, are going to go right through the roof. We're though. always worried about chi- the, the Chinese stealing our technology. I mean, hey, they might be worried about us stealing their technology yeah. once these bots arrive here yeah. in the U.S. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, these, <laughs> there's, there is a story. Yeah, Alan asked me what it cost me, and the answer is uh, fourteen hundred dollars. But it comes. It comes. No, it speaks English. Eric, dummy. Eric King Chong Por, Huang Chang Ma, Eric Von Hessler. Fourteen dollars. I mean fourteen hundred dollars, but three different wigs. So blonde, brunette, redhead, whatever you know. Whatever suits okay. your fancy. Absolutely. It's like having three different girlfriends. And they're saying that these move their limbs? I, it says. Now, let's not get too graphic here. No, either. I'm not going to get graphic. I just don't understand why that would be that well, that's much a feature. more appealing. I, mean, I don't want to just... I'll tell you what. Be careful there. Uh, that's a I'll family tell you show. What. I'll, I'll tell you what. I see. Uh, I certainly hope that they, they don't malfunction because yeah. I could see where somebody could be... Uh, like bear hug, <laughs> Alan's laughing. <laughs> like you could end up clamped, you know. And then if the if the arms didn't open back up, get pretzeled in there. Yeah, and then you have to like stumble out of your front door and ask your neighbors for help or something. <laughs> that would be quite embarrassing. The jaws of life. This is really why Trump has raised the tariffs. He won't talk about it, but he's trying to stop. You know, we have plenty of a good Americans that can build sex robots right here <laughs> in the good old USA. <laughs> Yeah. Our sex robots built here right here in Texas. Right. <laughs> Build them right here in the Rust Belt. Yeah. Texas built, Texas proud. <laughs> if I'm going to get a I sex robot. I ain't ro- going to China to get my sex robot. Yeah. <laughs> if I'm going to get a sex robot, it's 
it's going to be an American sex robot. You know, I don't really like sex robots, but that makes sense to me. I got a plan. Ooh, tell we'll, me. We'll be back. <laughs> All right, now here we go. This is like the last, the end of the show for the week. Woo! We're going to have fun now, right? Absolutely. No more of this ranting and all this negativity well, from the host. Well, We're going to have had fun. A lot to, you had a lot to say today. I just I just want to make sure, because I'm looking down here, and I, there's a story about how people are mad that bosses bosses are earning 312 times the average worker's wage. Well, and, Autumn and I can I mean, relate to that with you as yeah, our exactly. boss. We know that. Yeah, with your 19 million. And, you know, I want to go. Years. It's like you guys got to hold me back at a party, like at a fight, because like, uh, I want to go rant about this. But we have open mic, right? We have fun. Yeah, I, I made a new sounder because for some Hold reason. On, let me just say one thing about these bosses. And they make 312 <laughs> times the average workers. But then we're, we're going to have fun. Then we're going to have fun. Because the picture on here is Jeff Bezos. By the way, he's more than the CEO. He's the one who put every dime he has and took the chance. Uh, you're working on the floor, you're working in the warehouse. You didn't put anything on the line. You didn't put your whole life on the line for an idea. And also, not for nothing, how much more does Tom Brady make than the guy who sweeps up the stadium after the game's over? Oh, you don't care about that. He's a great athlete. He should make more than the janitor. But Jeff Bezos, the man who conceived and put everything on the line for Amazon, oh, that guy should only make you know, 10 times what the factory would get out of here. I could go on a rant. I hold me back. I'm holding you hold back. Hold me back. Weekend's almost here. I made a new open mic sounder because you didn't like last week's one for some odd reason. Okay, everybody so else loved the one from last week. No, nobody loved the, it. The it general was, polling was no, everybody loved it. No polling. You and Autumn were the only two that no, didn't like it. Every, everybody Yay. hated it. Okay, let's hear it. Here it is. That's flute. Welcome to the stage open mic. Hi, this is Open Mic. Feel free to leave a message for the Von Hessler Doctrine on the WSB radio app. I'm wide open and ready to take it on. Alright, it's better. I don't I, I still don't know that I understand the concept. The concept is I Were you taking it like a Seinfeld type of uh, it opening? seems to be it seems to be he's he's using he's drawing the connection to open mic night right. at a comedy club. Exactly. Yeah. And so somebody is welcoming open mic. He's a comedian, and he's getting on stage, but, and there's like uh, just weird music going on at the same but, time. But then it, Tim's voice would have to be different. The point of Tim's voice is that he's open mic, and he's yeah. open, not he's open mic. Yeah, but like they, it, they can all, it doesn't matter what your voice is, Autumn, you can no, go No, I feel like he stage. should be up there like a stand-up comedian then, right? And be like, hey, have you ever, what's the deal with phones you know and calling in radio shows? You don't want to know what, I think if we have this many questions... I still feel there's work to do <laughs> on the well, open mic sound. Well, but I will say this. the uh, Last week, it was a disaster. Uh, this week, it's uh, merely bad. We are working our way <laughs> oh, toward a very, very good city was against you. I think you should scrap the idea of it being like a comedy open mic. Oh, you're and hurting just, his feelings. I'm just saying. I, that's one way to go. You're hurting his feelings. And that's fine. You know what I mean? That was great. You worked really hard on it. I yeah. think it sounds great. But it's, you know what I think would be better is having it be more about him being open, and he here he is. He's why open it, mic, and maybe he's like a little effeminate. And what, what, why does it have to be a sketch? Why can't it just be, hey, uh, doctor and voice lady, uh, you, you just tell us it's time for the open mics. It's time for open mic. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's so just like all the other ones. All right, let's have a little fun to start. We got a bunch of open I'm gonna mics. I'm going to stop ranting. Jared tried his best, but it's time for open mic. <laughs> Thank you, doctor and voice lady. <laughs> I think I'm done with the ranting. I want to have fun at the end of the week. Well, here's a fun open mic to start things off. In a world completely void of original thought, where factions seek to destroy each other online and hurt each other's feelings, one man and a woman and a few other guys climb out of Sherwood Forest to take on the evil talking heads and politicians. Tune in Monday through Friday, 9 to noon, on WSB and find out if Eric Von Hessler gets everybody off. His lawn. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that. Thankfully, yeah. We should put some uh, some movie trailer music behind that. Music. Yes, we should. All right. Well, very good. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Here's another open mic for you. Hey, Eric. Well, hold on. I Stop know- one second. We're in the open mic segment, so you don't have to tell us it's another open mic every time. We're going to assume that. Play the sounder. I want to hear it again. <laughs> I don't know where we are. Yeah, what, are we doing, what are we doing again? <laughs> Georgia stuff. <laughs> right, go ahead. Hey, Eric. I know I'm a day late, but I find it odd that Jared is giving you grief about Madonna, considering what his favorite music is. Yeah, and your favorite music, EDM, is basically disco. Not exactly no. the most masculine. No, no, no. EDM basic. is a gigantic tree of music. I've tried to teach you this, but yeah. there are many stems whoa, whoa. off, off the tree you, so of Jared EDM. Yamamoto. Yes. I'm going to tell you right now, you <laughs> will never teach me anything. <laughs> the I world touched, is not set up that you way. You knew the difference. You now know the difference between trap and dubstep, at least. Now, I've got that. Uh, I've taught you that, at least. I forgot it already. <laughs> It, I don't know the difference. You know how they say, like, when you're, you're dreaming, you're just taking out the trash? That got taken out in the dream trash. <laughs> I like that, the dream trash. A good name it for a band. me in my bed. <laughs> hey, Eric, I got a challenge for all these moronials. You say you care about all these straws, but what about the millions and millions of boxes every day that Amazon uses? Mm. I don't hear them saying anything about that. Uh, now, wouldn't those... Uh, those are biodegradable, though, aren't they? I think Cardboard so. boxes, for the most part. You'd think, yeah. You put them in the dump, and I don't know, over 50 billion years or something, they break down. And uh, I think the straws, the problem with the straws is, straws, it turns out, once you put them, once you throw them away, they somehow always find their way to the ocean. And then once they're in the ocean, they look for turtles to kill. Yeah, they look for turtles' nostrils yeah, to squeeze they, themselves into. Yeah, what are turtles doing? Cocaine now? How do this? Oh, how do these straws? I think that's deep, the real problem. I think this is a deeper problem here. We need it, to go to the root of the yeah. problem. How hard is it for a turtle to avoid getting a straw stuck in its nose? Now this next open use micer. a twenty dollar bill like everybody. <laughs> yeah. Now this next open micer, you might need to lecture because he, uh, I think he's oh. shaming a certain part of the audience. Do I have to get the ranty? I got the rant- no, this isn't a ranty. I, I think this is just a tenet of the Von Esser doctor. I got to get ranty Eric out. I put ranty Eric away. I don't know if it's recording yet. It's making colors, but it didn't say it's just recording. I don't know how to do it. Is it recording? There's. N- Hello? Okay. I just see colors. I want to talk on the Eric Von Hessler show. Hello? Is this working? That man is old shaming. No, you know, you, so you, oh, at least you do get mm. the fact that he that was totally made up. Of course. 
course. I thought you were buying it. I think that's not fair to make fun of our older. Oh, you make fun of older people I all the time. Never make fun of oh, older yes, people. Yes, you do. You make fun of me constantly. You know how many times I've reported you to HR? How many times? For your ageism? How many? At least seven. <laughs> At least seven times. So, I don't. I don't believe your nonsense. And uh, I appreciate the guy doing a bit, but. Uh, Talk about somebody who needs to go to a comedy club, get it out of his system. Yeah, leave the comedy is, to the professionals. Yeah, we is, don't come to your job to tell you how to blip. <laughs> this is not. This is not an open mic. I mean, it is an open mic, but it's not that kind See, of. See, Jared, that's why people are getting confused. People. Now I got to deal with people doing their comedy. <laughs> hey, is this open mic? What's the deal with my laptop? I don't care. I just show up, talk. It's not on my lap. Wait, it is on my lap. I take home a paycheck. That's all I care. I'm fine. Whatever. Give it. Give me the next one. I've been getting high now for about 20 years. All right. I stop. Would find... Just a moment now. This is WSB, sir. Yeah. This is not. This is a family-friendly show. What are you? What is this? High times? What you, you, yeah. We're not high times. You didn't call see... the high times open mic. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't see a hot girl in a bikini on a Harley on the cover before you came in this isn't high times alan hunt yeah alan hunt did uh did you ever subscribe to high times uh yeah of course he did and not for the high part it was for the biker the chick the the biker chick thing what's the other one that always has uh back in the 70s and 80s there was another magazine every cover was hot girl in a bikini on a on a harley yeah. I've been getting high now for about 20 years, Stop and I bragging. would find it very interesting if somebody could just look at me and know that I'm high. I do everything I have to do other than work. I just made a choice in my life not to smoke when I work, but I've been driving high for hell. How old am I? A long time. What? <laughs> how old is he? 20 years? Uh, I don't know how old he is. is he, he just called I him. hope he's 40. At why least. Do, why do you well, think, if he's been smoking for 20 years and he's like in his 30s. Oh, no, I see what you're soon. saying. Yeah. No, I think that uh, the problem there wasn't that. The problem was that he says, oh, I drive around high all the time. Yeah. That's not a good idea. No, not at all. It's, you know, it's, texting while you drive. Now that's a different story, right, yeah. Jared? Yeah, Jared's no, all say, for the texting. I'll say those type of drivers are the reason why there's a minimum speed limit because you know if somebody's been uh, having a little too much fun, they're all on the corner of the road driving super slow. You're all wrong. Yeah, it's just a bad idea if you are under the influence of anything to get behind the wheel of a, a, a you know these things weigh a lot, and if you hit somebody, you're going to kill them. So it's probably not a good idea to be operating them if you're under the influence of anything. Now, I think this next open micer might be under the influence of I'm admonishing that person. I want you to know. The Von Hessler Doctrine is not getting behind your idea of getting stoned and driving around. We're against that here. Do you th- I'll let you be the judge on this next open mic, then. All right, you know, I'm beginning to hate the open mic segment. <laughs> well, it's, I, I mean, it's not open mic just so that you can call in and make noises on the open mic. I don't want to completely discourage that because that could be <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, you know, does somebody have anything to say to me? 
Well, in uh, reality, we, we, I'm about to say we do have some open micers. <laughs> I mean, that... I'm not saying I want to go on a rant, but I mean, what's the next? A guy can just do farting or no, something? These <laughs> these listeners are concerned about our buddy Tim and what happened up in uh, Watkins Glen. Uh. Hey, Eric, Woody. Woody, I think hi. they canceled the old fish curveball show, so your boy Tim's going to be heading back with his tail between his legs. But that might be a good thing because. He may have never came back. What is spicy. happening in the back? He's like getting a stain out of his shirt or something. I thought, he was, I thought he was sitting on a dryer. Uh, <laughs> you know when your dryer does that thing where it just starts... I don't, yeah, like, it gets off balance. Like, like, like you think, it seems like it's just going to rip itself out of the wall and take yes. over and kill somebody in the house. Hey, while we're talking about fish, here's another one. Well, it's a fish festival. I guess it should be no great surprise that it's wet. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, boy, these open mics have been great. <laughs> We've only done this segment twice. We can kill it. Uh, it's we not don't... looking good. Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm happy now. This is making me happy, this song. Yeah. <laughs> if it was sung by Paul, it'd be better. Do, do, do. As Madonna... As Madonna... Begins her 61st year. This this sound right here is better than any of those open mics. All right, when we get back, I have this one promise to make. No more open mics. <laughs> WSB is the home of Georgia Bulldog football. You'll find every game right here on WSB beginning two weeks from tomorrow. Listen Sunday for the WSB 2018 Georgia Football Preview Show with Hondo, Eric Zier, and Voice of the Dogs, Scott Howard. That's noon to 2 p.m. this Sunday. It's a WSB exclusive. We're going to go over and do the Podcast 30. You can join us on the, the official Von Hessler Doctrine Facebook page. All right. The fact that you hear Aretha lets you know that the Podcast 30 begins right now. I'm still Eric. He's still Jared. She's still Autumn. Apparently, we're waiting for Greg to get back to his apartment. Studio B1. He'll join us. He texted and he said he's behind a very slow cab. Oh. Well, maybe he won't even make it. We're only on for 30 minutes. If you're watching on Facebook Live, that's our millionaire intern, Campbell. He goes by Cam. So he wants to fool everybody into thinking his name is Cameron. But it's actually Campbell. Camp Bull. Full of it. I will say this as we start our podcast 30. I thought we had a pretty good week of shows, except for that last half hour. Left a bad taste in my mouth. That's just a metaphor. This is the poetic license there. I don't really have a bad taste in my mouth. But uh, I don't know if I'm loving the open mic segment. Well, we should go back to mixing them up. I don't know, there's too many people um, doing their own bits. You got to know this about me, Jared. I'm not a big fan of people doing bits. Right. Like if they do it, I, they just got to be great. And, and I follow you on that. So my strategy was to avoid going to the rants again. So yes. you had a lot of questions about those rants. And today, today oh. for the last hour, you were 
You, I was you, ranty. You, you were ranty, and that's fine. I think that it was great radio, and it's going to go in the in the to. rant folder. But I was trying to lighten things up. Uh, I think we lightened it too much. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I, I accept that. When that's we fine. had noises after noises, and then somebody's comedy bit, and then you know. But I don't know. I could you be wrong. Get, a lot you, of times, I I walk away and I think, oh God, that show is awful, and inevitably that'll be the show that people are always, wow, that was great. And then when I think a show is great, nobody says anything about it. So well, Kelly, I'm quite often wrong. Kelly and Jeff both just re- sent us emails. Kelly's a new listener, and they loved it. All so. right. Well, you know, it's up to them. It's up to them. They're the listeners. Yeah, they are. They are the ones that I we mean, serve. The thing, thing that has to be remembered is pound for pound, we deliver better radio than any other radio show. So even if we have even if we have a week, ten minutes, we've already given you more than you deserve. That's the way I look at it. It's all extra by them, but. On Friday, I like to go home thinking, man, it's always the last thing. You don't want like the last half hour of the show to be a little bit of a downer because that's the, that's what I take with me into the weekend. I think you're the only Mentally. one that feels that way, though. No, At- I know, and then I have to temper it. I have to temper myself because I know that I overthink it. Um, like Autumn, she doesn't overthink it. She doesn't care. Look at her. Oh, you can't hear her. We cannot hear her. So that's okay. You go get that on board. Okay. You can uh, hear her, and uh, I will continue to let people know that uh, I thought we had a great week. Great week of radio, except for that last, that last 15, 20 minutes. But it's good because the millionaire intern is here, and i like you to see what not to do as well as what to do. That can be as instructive, as informative as anything else, right? So when you uh, go, go ahead, hit that if we can hear you. Yes, I, I don't know if I'm allowed to use this thing over here. Are but... you are you learning what not to do as well as what to do? In I am learning. It right. is a great learning experience. What are you I'm learning from the experts? What do you, what what do you, you walked in here? You never heard of me. You had no idea. You're from uh, you go from to school. Austin, Texas. You go to school in Tulane. You're from Austin. Oh yeah. And uh, so would, when I'm going off on my rants and stuff, I know you're from Austin, so none of your buddies agree with me. It's like liberal lefty, liberal lefty. Oh, no, not everyone. Oh, that's right. Austin. You're a millionaire in right. Austin. Right, so I live on the outskirts where yeah. the, uh, the rich people live, I right? see. The rich conservatives. Okay, so you're yeah. used to these kind of rants. Uh, yes, I would say so. All right. I know Greg has joined us because it now sounds like uh, the wind of the world has joined us. And Autumn, we still cannot hear you. I can hear Autumn. Well, no, you, you uh, it's can. because of the hangout. Yeah. So... Uh, are you? Why did you run home? What yeah, happened well, to you? I I ran up the stairs to get here as soon as I could because I know that you know there's no one really around. Tim's gone, yeah. even though his festival was ruined. I know. <laughs> Autumn's not on. <laughs> you you take pride in it. No, but I it, don't. No, I don't take pride in it. But it, Tim has. I mean, not, I shouldn't say pride. Joy. You take uh, joy in the Tim, fact that it's ruined. Tim has not uh, really communicated with me at all, except to say that he'll be in on Monday. There was some question as to whether. He could get here by Monday because he drove. He's he's driving back. He's, he's driving, just leaving. Yeah, but he hasn't really. Um, I don't know how down he is about it. I mean, oh, he, he's sad. I I texted him last night. I, I apologize generally. Uh, I can't speak. I'm out of breath. Genuinely, yeah, I can't get any of my words right. Genuinely, I apologize to him and it's like I'm sorry that that happened to you. You're very excited, and he was just getting drunk. Oh, right. well, why, why? Why did you feel like you would have to apologize? You didn't cancel the show. Well, I was apologizing that that happened to him. I didn't apologize yeah. on behalf of the festival or <laughs> fish or what were you, were you the high officials. last night? 
Was we, I? No. Yeah, we. I don't know. You. That was a really long text message. I. That was just something <laughs> this morning, and I have to tell you, Greg, it really did not make any sense to me. It makes sense. I did. I mean, it, I. I understood in general what it was about, but I think the intensity didn't make sense to me. It was intense. I. I was trying to rekindle our friendship in a way. It's like, yeah, I used to write Derek about these things, and yeah, I but, don't do it as much anymore. Yeah, I don't know, but but. You are aware of the fact that it was a preseason game, right? I look. I understand that. The preseason game aside, so now you want to fill people in. I will. I will. I will read the uh, text. Okay, right. I got the text up too. Right. Oh, did but, you put it up on your thing? Can you guys hear me now? There yes. you are. Yeah. Yay! This is. A, have you been able to hear what I've been talking about? Yes. Okay. So this can is I the, can I tell you something quickly though? Oh, you want to? Sure. This the second part about the crowd size. Yes, I understand it's a preseason game. The announcer point remains just as ridiculous in my mind. Yeah. It's like no matter what the game, no matter what's going on in the game, the home announcer has to keep up this yeah. this level He's of doing his job. <laughs> sure. I'm I'm watching this is this is the text I wake up to. I'm watching this preseason game and the stadium is one third full and no one really gives a poop. <laughs> I didn't say poop. Yeah, but that stadium announcer has to keep excited. Every announcement is like a roller skating rink birthday DJ. Give it up for little Ruth on her birthday compared to it's a Redskins first down to a depressing smattering of applause. And then this gets thrown in there because he's, he's thinking too much. Minus that last quotation. I don't know what that means. It means I put a quotation mark in a spot where it didn't. After applause, as you'll yeah, see, I, know. I threw that in. Look, I still, I, I still text. like it's text. Uh, I get it. I, you, you don't want to look proper. like an idiot even through text. I have to. I have to. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I I stick with proper grammar with okay. text. Let's okay, let's talk about that one for a I'm second. I'm sure. Oh, oh, well, okay, oh, there's oh there's that second part. Yeah, I'm right. sure these announcers claim keeping the excitement up even when the home team is about to lose a playoff game is just part of the job. So strange. It also makes you realize how pathetic sports are if no one cares to watch. A very different experience than a stadium full of screaming fans, and that's all. Now, that's the part that you know. It's a preseason game. Okay, I mean, let's talk a, about the first part. But there's part. a let's reason that people don't care. It's because the game doesn't I matter. I understand that, but it puts something into perspective. That's what I was trying to point out. The announcers is one part. The empty stadium's another part. The announcers, I was thinking about this. Playoff game, think of the Falcons. NFC Championship being blown out. And they you know, they get a meaningless first down. And that announcer still has to be really excited yeah. about it. It's yeah. a Falcons first down. <laughs> no one cares. And I understand, I think it's a funny position to be in. It's like, and those guys are like, I'm a professional. That's my job. Yeah, well, you can't get depressed. <laughs> I think they should get depressed. Now, because on. if I want the announcer to, we all know the announcer's a homer, right? Yeah. He's, he's the home announcer for the Falcons in this hypothetical scenario. I want him to be sad, too. He's like, eh, it's the Falcons first down. Doesn't yeah. matter at this point. Anyone does it. Well, that would be nice to hear. Refreshing. Well, maybe we'll get him next week. Is that what you want to hear from? Uh, well, if it's a playoff game. You know, and, it occurs to me that now that we're talking about football, that you didn't play the funniest open mic. The one about uh, uh, the Falcons. That we had. Oh, yeah. I gotta find All right, you pull right, that up. That. Let's address that. the second part of this. Okay. It was just, I know it's a preseason game, and I know people don't care, but it does make, it may, just made me think about the fact that if no one went to the games, these guys would be playing for no one, and it would be no point to even have them exist as athletes. <laughs> it's like, who, I mean, it's all, it really is just all the fans, and I know that we know that. It's yeah. a business. The money comes in from the fans, but it's, it's a funny thing. It's like, wow. Isn't that, true, you, isn't that true about our radio show? If there wasn't an audience, it would be yes. silly. Yes. Yes, it's true about all those things, yeah. and I just think it is kind of ridiculous. 
you know, these are the people who get the fame and the notoriety. And it's like, yeah, but it's, if it weren't for us, none of it would mean anything. But but you weren't high. No. <laughs> You're promising us that you were not on some hallucinogen when all this no, occurred why, to you. That, did that make sense, Autumn? No, it makes sense. I just don't know why it hit you as an epiphany during that that. It was just a funny thought. Game. It was oh, more okay. of a thought. It was not okay. like an epiphany. Like I'm, you know, well, that's the problem. And... I, like that's the problem with text, right? You and I refuse to use emojis. And uh. Uh, if you were, if you called me up and we were talking, and I heard your tone of voice, then I would know that you just thought it was ridiculous. Well, but it's right. presented. It's like it's like but, these announcers. It's yeah. like ridiculous. He needed, like, you needed you needed that weird like sideways crying laughing emoji at the end. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> to let me, but, it, but for the most part, when I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I do before I even get out of bed is if there are there any overnight messages? Is somebody telling me they're sick? They can't come in. Whatever. Right. And when it, and when you see a. Uh, a long paragraph, you know, multi-paragraph message in your brain. You think, oh, this is something serious. Something's going on here. Sure. And so I guess that's, the, to tell that's the attitude that I that I look at it with. Whereas if I was talking to you last night, we'd be laughing, and the attitude, your attitude, would have been. I but thought I, you'd like but, it. I thought you'd like oh, it. Oh, I didn't. Wow. You didn't let me down. Wow. Don't. I don't want to. I don't want you to go into some sort of weekend funk over this. I don't want to be responsible for that. I'm done but with it. Let me ask you this. I didn't see uh, – did you see the Falcons' first preseason game? No, I missed that one. I saw the final score. Because I forgot to uh, ask people until today. And, you know, when you're watching preseason, it's very difficult to figure out really what you're looking at, especially if you're watching the second half of Sorry, a game. Sorry, Autumn. They wasn't supposed to go in this direction. Yeah. Everybody's apologizing for everything we do today. <laughs> just the, just the Autumn. Anyway, so the first season – I'm sure Jared watched that first preseason game. I did not. I've been, you didn't. I, I, I'm in complete baseball and MLS mode. It takes me a little while to convert over to football because usually that once once Labor Day weekend hits, I'm I'm hooked. Right. At that point, I'm in. But I I, don't, I purposely try not to watch the preseason because so, I know that no matter how bad the Falcons do, I'm going to be hooked for every single game during the year. So I'm trying to save myself, enjoy these last couple weeks of summer. You're saving yourself baseball. for marriage, are you? Uh, yes. Is that what you're doing? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Until it's myself. time to get married to the Falcons. No foreplay and watch uh, and watch. That's it. what preseason is. Preseason is foreplay. It is for the football fan. And I purposely avoid it, even though I, wa- it's I look like at the a bad, stats. It's a bad fluffer. I look at the stats. <laughs> this is WSB, sir. Nah, I'm sorry. I'm talking about the, like a pillow guy. There's a, oh, there's right, a right, fluffer right. to fluff the royal it up for fluffer. you. Absolutely. Um, so I I don't know. Can you look up who the rookie quarterback is that they signed this year? got a weird name like Vankman or something like that Vankman is that what it is well it's a Ghostbusters character (laughs) oh well it's like it's something like it's something like that anyway you don't know what you're watching because you don't know who they're playing against because it's second third and fourth quarter but uh I thought this guy looked really really impressive for a rookie who was probably picked up in the third round or something he looked really like he knew what he was doing. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't nervous about being on the big stage for the first time. And you could tell he ran the line very well. And I don't even know who this guy is, but I think it portends uh, good things for the future, whether he would be there when Matt Ryan decides to go away or somebody you can trade away for something in the future. You haven't found his name yet? Jared, how hard is it? Who'd they, who'd they draft this year? Uh, uh, is it Binkert? What's it? What Kurt Ben Kurt. Yeah. Yeah. That's Kurt. Yeah. 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 I, 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 but then again, again, you don't know what you're looking at because it's preseason. But I was 
kind of blown and he away. Didn't, and he didn't score either. Well, so what? Oh, look at this. Look what? at the multi-million dollar man, Matt Ryan. One for one, negative two yards. Yeah. Yeah, they what? had him in for a series. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I want to see positive. <laughs> see, you should be the announcer. You're always positive. It's yeah. a 45 to yeah, three yeah. blowout in the NFC Championship, and you're like, it's a Falcons first, first down. down. I don't understand why you would say he didn't score. What do you care? It's preseason. You're not. You're not looking I, for that. I don't I'm care. Not, about I mean, that. I'm, no, no. I'm talking I about just, Jared. Said, who uh, said he didn't score? Well, Jared. I, so you got. You're you're building him up a lot. I, I would look at the touchdowns. And be like, wow, he threw a 60 yard touchdown pass or something like that. Wow. No, he, it was just it was, no. He he drove them down the field. I think one uh, got intercepted, bobbled off or something. It was a long time ago. That I'm, this over a week ago, in a meaningless game. But I'm just telling you. Just he looked impressive as a rookie, second or third round, getting on the big stage for the first time, no jitters, and, man, he threw a nice ball. Again, you don't know what you're looking at. Obviously, most of those people on the defensive side are going to be selling cars by the fall. So you don't know really what you're looking at. But he just looked poised. He looked like maybe they found a diamond in the rough. I'd keep my eye on him. I know you love Matt Schaub. I do. I think Shaw must be 47 years old by now. He seems he, like he's been around since the year 2000. He's a good backup. I know that. Uh, Wasn't he Vic's backup? He, well, he was. He was. Early Vic's, on, he was. He, then he was a starter for Houston. Houston. Right. Yeah, because they realized that he had a lot of talent and then went to a Houston team that, yeah, I mean, had, had a good running game, but didn't really have any receivers for him. You should reach out to him, Jared. Look, Schaub's at a point in his career. He's not really famous. Some people know who he is. He plays in the NFL. He's You're got on a real the radio. Yeah. You're on the radio in Atlanta. You guys can connect. He can come out on the, bo- the boat with you on the weekend. Yeah. Let's oh, have yeah, some years sure. together. I mean, the season's yeah. starting now. But in the off season next year, look into it. I will. I think Find- that'd be fun. Is he going to be on the team again next year? <laughs> Is he in perpetuity? Does he have a a, a, a contract that never ends? And find Otis Nixon while you're at it. Hang out with him. He needs some friends. Uh, didn't he get in trouble again last year? Otis yeah, I'm Nixon? Sure he did. <laughs> he was running some scam, wasn't he? Yeah, something. I don't know. It's weird. These it's weird. These uh, uh, athletes they retire and they get in trouble with the law. And, like remember, remember. The, well, you guys are all too young. But Lenny Dykstra was a. I met. remember Lenny Dykstra. He was really, really, really fun to watch in that, that big that uh, World Series they won in the '80s that the Red Sox should have won, but the thing went through Buckner's, and Lenny Dykstra was like fun to watch and everything. And then after he got after he stopped, he, like, he I think he's in jail for the second time. I think the first time was some sort of financial scam or something, and then I think this time is something else. I'm not exactly sure, drugs or beating people up or just turned into a goon. I mean, the guy was beloved. Beating people up. <laughs> just walk around and beating people yeah. up. That was How many punches the... have you thrown in your life? Me? Yeah. That have landed? Like in a fight, not like, oh, I'm at the gym with a punching bag. Yeah, because like... you know me. There, were the, there, was, the, there was the gym <laughs> punching bag. Plenty of those bag. stories. Yeah, yeah. I actually used to go to the I remember this. I used to go to the gym every day when I was in my 20s. Why'd you stop? You dropped What'd off you something do? there? Did you lift? Did you run? I didn't know. I, I did uh, mostly cardio. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. I did lift some, but Spent it wasn't like time free, in the wasn't free balls. weights. Hey, wait a minute. I was getting to that. <laughs> the, the, I, I didn't Long uh, saunas. <laughs> I didn't do the free weights. Is it, cool but, you know, if we're new? Is it cool if we just take off our towels? In here? It's like you were there. Well, were you? I didn't even know you then. I know a lot. You hey, probably quickly, weren't even alive I, then. 
I do want to get back to this just to wrap this up. Lenny Dykstra uh, was sentenced to three years in prison for Grand Theft Auto. He would he would get cars from various dealerships with falsified bank statements and stolen identities. This guy <laughs> so. was a baseball hero. What happened? And yeah. what the I believe he got in trouble because there was a there was a period where Lenny Dykstra had those commercials on TV and it was some kind of financial thing, some one of those uh, scammy things. And I think he got in trouble for that before he got in trouble for this. So he's got a whole list of there's a. Look at this. Let's just run through through some of these. There's a DUI. He was okay, arrested stop, for sexual. Stop for, before you do that, tell okay. me what year he retired. When Is did it he in retire? There? It would have I to could... be early 90s or something, right? I'm thinking, or mid-90s? It, it's in here. He went to uh, Philly for a while, I think, after 96. The 96. Okay. So, so yeah. let's start he, with the... he, tra- he tried to come back in 98, spring training. He was 35, didn't make it. Okay. So let's uh, what year does the first thing show up on his record? Uh, the first He's 91, not... 91. <laughs> that's the DUI, 99 sexual harassment of a 17-year-old girl who worked at his car wash. Oh, that's right. <laughs> he had a car wash. Come on down to Lenny Dykstra's cool. car. Hey, hey, you loved I was a great hitter in the World Series. <laughs> now try, if you love me on the baseball diamond, you're going to really love my car wash. Come on down to Lenny Dykstra's car wash. Some good name ID. Boy, you want... if you want your car washed, Lenny like Dykstra's your man. Yeah, hey, that's we, probably we, what's we, going on. Yeah. Let's just get through this. It's a long list because I want. Okay, to go what back happened to... at the car wash? Sexual harassment? Some worker yes, there or something? Of a, of a 17-year-old girl. He was arrested for that. Yeah, he but thought the charges, she was 18. Charges were later dropped. <laughs> 2009. This isn't a legal problem, but press reported that his business was facing financial ruin and used offensive terms when speaking about blacks, women, and homosexuals. Okay, he's on a <laughs> Again, roll. That's March 2009. He's on a September, tear. September 2009, banned from both of his foreclosed multi-million dollar properties in Lake Sherwood, <laughs> and security officers were instructed to deny him access. He was accused of vandalizing the properties and not maintaining homeowners I remember that anymore. one. Yeah, I remember that. 2010, accused of hiring a female escort and then writing her a bad $1,000 check. <laughs> the check? In 2011. <laughs> you know, that's how Jerry Springer got in trouble, right? By Did you writing know that? bad check? No, no, you guys, does anybody know I this? I remember that. Uh-huh. I re- he, no, what happened? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, this is before he was famous. Uh-huh. Jerry Springer was the mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah, I knew that. And uh, he he got caught up in a scandal because he got a prostitute and he wrote a check. <laughs> and I think it bounced. Right. And uh, I, I don't know if he finished his term. I'm pretty sure it was Cincinnati. I'm always wrong when I say things on the podcast. It was in Ohio. It was it was definitely in Ohio. I think it was I think he was the mayor of Cincinnati, but that's how he got in trouble. So Dykstra did the same thing. He wrote a wrote a bad check for an escort. Yes. Okay. What year was that? <laughs> that was 2010. Okay. So at that point, he's been out of baseball now for uh, 14 years. You're right. He was the mayor of Cincinnati. Thank Jerry you. Springer. Uh, 2011 January, he was accused of sexual assault by his housekeeper. Okay. Some people just can't stay out of trouble. Do you think yeah. of this? I, I, I'm getting the feeling it's not going to be told in this laundry list, but I'm getting the feeling that basically he becomes a drug addict in about 99. Yeah. Okay, well, and here we all go. of this stuff be. follows. Let's just run through the rest quickly. There are four more things. 2011, Dykstra was arrested and charged with bankruptcy fraud. 2011, so that was April 2011. June 2011, arrested and charged with 25 misdemeanor and felony counts of grand theft auto identity theft. That's the one we talked about. That's what also he's in jail pre- for now? 
also uh, well it was he's done with that sentence okay. but that's what he was uh that was also possession of cocaine ecstasy and human growth hormone wow uh, so he was like i'm gonna get back in shape yeah i'm gonna get i'm gonna get all hopped up and get back on the baseball field right august of 2011 <laughs> dykster was charged with indecent exposure oh. Uh, he placed a Craigslist ad requesting a personal assistant or housekeeping services. The victims alleged that when they arrived, they were informed that he was that he also wanted a massage yeah. and he would disrobe and expose himself. Oh, and then finally, man. 2023. There aren't there aren't really details here, but Dykstra was arrested. So this is he's you know bad, 2018. Yeah, I thought you said 2023. This guy's already you, this guy's already getting in trouble in the he's future. Plan, he's a planner. Well, you may as well because May 23rd of this year, arrested for uttering terroristic threats and for possession of drugs. He allegedly uttering. had a gun. He held the gun to his Uber driver after the driver refused to change destinations. So this guy is just a drug addict, right? You don't act like that if you're not no, a drug addict. You can't, right? He must have lost all of his money, right? I would assume so. You know, the guy, and he must not look like the old Lenny Dykstra. Because if you play this right, all right, the Mets were not supposed to win that World Series. It was the Buckner World Series. It was all based on the fact that he that ball went through his legs. And, and so if you're a fan of the Mets... And, the, and he's part of that team, and they delivered a World Series. Now, if you play that right, you don't have to pay for escorts ever for the rest of your life. You're Lenny Dykstra, and you was it the 86 Mets? You were yeah. on that team that did that. If you play it right, you never have to buy your own beer at a bar ever again. If you All you have to do is not become... A creepy low life drug addict. I feel like the equivalent of uh, Nick Foles doing something like that. Right. Now. Like Nick Foles in Philadelphia after yeah. what he did last season. Unfortunately, he doesn't drink or do anything. Yeah, he's. But uh, let's put it for Nick Foles. He should never, he'll never have to buy another his own Bible again. Never. It's not in, in, Philadelphia. in Philadelphia. So he just those, to... are, those are on the house. Right. He's, he's going to be arrested. For stealing them from hotels. <laughs> I don't see Those belong Nick, to the Gideons. Yeah, I don't see I don't see Nick Foles getting in trouble. Uh, and I do know that somewhere in here, maybe he was the spokesperson or whatever, but I remember seeing ads, maybe on Fox News or CNN, one of those types, where Lenny Dykstra was the spokesperson for some kind of financial thing. They get weird people. Like, remember for a while, we're not playing them anymore, but on our air, it was, it was uh, Dean Kane. Oh, yeah. Was doing financial seminars. Yeah, you might remember me uh, as Superman. Yeah. Uh. And you come, it's like Dean Kane. And then I just, I thought, wow, I guess he's not getting any entertainment gigs. And then I just saw him hosting something <laughs> weird. Is he still looking good? He looked all right, but the show was, it was a magic show. It's on some network. He was oh, hot back with Penn and Oh, Teller? yes, he was. Is it that one? No, it wasn't that. No, oh, it wasn't that. That was awful, though, Autumn. The, the ones where they tried to trick him, and like, we know how you yeah. get it, but they don't And they like you. whisper to each other about like, how know. they know. What show is that? It's with um, that lady from American Pie. That, she like, hosts it. Magicians hosts come on it. stage. They do a trick. They try to fool Penn and Teller. Right. And Penn and Teller, like, we know how you did that trick, but because right. there's that magician's code. They, they won't tell us. No, so yeah, it's, so it's it, like, it, okay. Okay. Great. Yeah, is it, it's all about whether, like, whether, I, I guess we're supposed to be impressed by the magic, and then we're supposed to feel, like, out of the loop because yeah. they whisper to each other. This is well, how do they that's know? That's right. That's exactly how. How Yay! Do, do they ever admit that they don't know? And then what happens? 
Well, then they still don't tell you. They do admit that they don't know. Right. Um, and then sometimes they say, well, you show us. And But I, apparently they'll tell the magician off camera how they did the trick. And Can I tell you don't. something that I don't find entertaining at all? Magicians on television. Because especially... You didn't like those David Copperfield specials where you put I your finger to the those. screen? Well, when I was a kid, well, when I you're a kid, those. He's flying around. Yeah, when oh, you're yeah. a kid. Now, you guys had David Copperfield, who was schmaltzy. I had, David Copperfield. I had uh, yeah, David Copperfield. Get on the open George mic, Jared. Get H. on the open mic. <laughs> no, that's, that's George H.W. Bush's line before he grabs somebody's ass. <laughs> right. yeah. You know who my favorite magician is? David Copperfield. Copperfield. When I was a kid, it was, oh, this guy with the mustache. Oh, what was his name? Houdini. No, it wasn't. Not that, that old. <laughs> It was this real new agey guy, and he 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 did ran, he pen spoons that guy? Oh uh, no, not not Uri Geller. Okay, it was uh, oh I wish I could remember this guy, but anyway, he was just as goofy and Vegasy as mm-hmm. Copperfield is. But here's the thing about magic on TV, is especially if it's not live, you can edit. Like I know you can edit True, TV, so therefore, what? And also, he, and does Henning? anybody buy the thing Doug where the Henning? girl lays down? Yes, it was Doug Henning. Yes, it was. Does anybody buy the thing where the girl lays down in the box and they Not saw her anymore. in the hat? Well, I just saw it on that stupid Dean oh, King magic show, or, or, and I turned it. I'm like, what? I, True TV has got the Carbonero <laughs> effect that kind of does. It's kind of like a uh, magic show a, like is that. Is he a young, hip? Those guys I can't stand the most. Uh, yeah. The guy with the, the long hair and the tattoos. No, no, no he's got, he's they got are hanging out with Motley Crue doing magic. Motley Crue. <laughs> 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 it's like so yeah I, no, he's just, always doing like the disappearing things and whatnot and, uh, uh, yeah, the disappearing but I do things. trust like Penn and Teller like if Penn and Teller are doing magic like on HBO or something I do sure. trust them well, because I, would, I feel like they have a like some sort of principle I would want to see magic. it if you see magic live then that's fine because they can't if they mess up you see it but if you if you can't tell me on TV when you're pre-recording something that if they mess up, they just show it to you. Oh, right. <laughs> and, 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 and once and for all, none of us believe that the lady was cut in half. Why are people even doing that anymore? I, I don't understand I, I, that. There's some kind of trick. No, I, I mean, I don't understand yeah. how it works. <laughs> you don't understand how <laughs> no, it I'm works? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's all, it's autumn. It's the base. Someone said, you know, the uh-huh. ladies in the legs, she gets in. Her legs go down into the base. There's actually someone hiding in there. It's true. Okay. The no, side, I know, the, I know, I know. But what out. about when it's from the audience? You tell me that person's uh, the, a, plant? a plant? Yeah, of course. <gasps> oh, well, that's how this worked. I'm watching TV, and I need somebody out of the audience. And yeah. I'll tell you what else I don't like. The magicians now are like, I just wear jeans and a T-shirt. No, a magician <laughs> is supposed to be dressed like a maitre d'. You know, it's like, yeah. like, like it's supposed to be something classy With the, about like, those it. tails, like long tails. Yeah. Like, get up on with the time so a little bit. It's, you know, not everybody has to wear a uniform anymore, Eric. Uh, well, you know, it worked better when they did. Because there was something, like, magical about it. Not like, right. yeah, I'm the guy that's putting on your... Uh, I just gave you the new HVAC system. I'm gonna, let me do some card tricks for you. Yeah. <laughs> Makes it more My relatable. Navy yeah. cargo pants. It's not supposed to be relatable. The idea of magic, once you're over 13 years old, is <laughs> it's sleight of hand. Everybody knows it's not actually magic. You know, you don't Nobody imagine believes. like uh, you know Jim Phillips down the street or something like that. Oh, oh look! Yeah, by the way, not only does he do HVACs, he does magic too. No, I don't. I'm not interested. <laughs> when and, I was uh, when I was cocktail waitressing at the W. Every yeah. couple of months, there was this magician 
that would just come into the bar and he would and we all knew who he was and he would just like chill out for a little bit and then all of a sudden the magic started Mm, happening Did he go table to table? Worst. No, he would just like be hanging out at the bar. It'd be like the guy who's wearing like the parrot out on the beach. Like, oh, this parrot? This is just my parrot. Funny story. Autumn, I was hoping that that story would go. The magician came into the bar. We knew he was a magician. Like, hey, you want to do some magic? He's like, yeah, get out of here. Leave me alone. Yeah, just okay, bury his face in his drink. That's what yeah. I would, that's, I would like that story. Like, okay, that's the way it should be. I, I just, I, who's the really cool guy in Vegas? David Blaine. Uh, well, there's David oh, Blaine. Oh, that guy. The one that was the other guy. The Holly from the. Yeah, the one who's whatever. like, uh, he's like a tattoos. Yes, Chris thing. Angel. Yeah, what a D bag. <laughs> so gross. What a complete D bag. <laughs> hey, uh, maybe I can get in your pants. You know what? Can you he's believe the this other stuff? way. Isn't that what it is? Hold on. Isn't that what it is, really? What's really going on is, hey, hot girl, maybe I can get in your pants. No, you yes. in this what if he had the trick where he's like, oh, now unzip your pants and she unzips and then he's in there? He's like, <laughs> He's already oh. in. Oh my gosh! I didn't see this happen. <laughs> He's the other way. Like Larry the Cable Guy is really just a normal dude who yeah. makes himself all redneck. Yeah, and it's the other way where he's like Chris. Angel, or whatever, Angel's just a normal guy, but then he like puts on like yeah. some dark mascara, yeah. and some eyeliner. They adopted the rock dyes and his roll. Hair black. Yeah, the rock and roll magician. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I think I if you're a magician on TV, and I guess this is where we're going to end this because we only have a minute left. <laughs> if you're a magician on TV, don't don't do the disappearing thing. I, I don't I don't believe it. It's yeah, on cut. TV. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to. If I'm in a now, if I'm in a theater and you and it genuinely is a. Uh, an optical this illusion clip or is whatever. unedited. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So yeah, I'm in a theater that right. I can I can look for trap doors and pulleys and things like yeah. that. And if you and if you do it and you make it, but nobody believes that it's real, do they? After twelve? No, but it is fun to sort of put your logic know. aside and fun and kind of feel like it might be real. Of course, it's not. You the know, last it's time not, I enjoyed a magician, just like I a was... movie. It's like a movie. Yeah. yeah. I you still like movies. You I stopped liking magicians when I was ten. Yeah. What about when the local circus comes to town and it makes the girl? Fa- he makes the girl fall to s- fall asleep. Hold on. The magician. Hold on. Can you yep. tell me this? Why? You know where I'm going, Greg? <laughs> I know why, where exactly. Why where you're in going. the world would the local circus come to town? <laughs> okay, all right. When the circus comes, to <laughs> you York know what? Town. You have made my day because you just made me laugh, and the week is over. I'm gonna have a good weekend because of you. Uh, you know, when the local circus comes to town. Right, to the different town, the next yeah, town. I meant fair, uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Local? No, yeah, local circus. I get it. I know. No, you I, I messed up. All right. Well, you, you made my week. Good. So there you go. I'm leaving a good mood. All right, we're going to do it again on Monday. All y'all cats are invited back. Oh, you kittens. To our shindig. But until then... Get off my lawn. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.